Hi, hello, how are you? Thanks for stopping by. Today we're going to talk to some real people about some real things, living real lives, doing real stuff. This is the Working Perspectives Podcast. I'm Matt Lavelle, accompanied by special guest host Justin Richardson. And our guest today is the terrific Todd Wyden. Jada, how are you feeling, my man? You ready to do this? Feeling good, feeling loose. Looking loose, looking good. All right. Well, you can find all our content and all our stuff on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can have us on Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast and join us on the Twitter and the Tiki Talk at Working P Pod. If you'd like to be a guest in the show and get approval from the PAAA to be a guest and share your story, then join us and email us at workingperspectives at gmail.com. All right. Let's get this thing started. Let's go. It's our objective. To be effective by voice in societies, working perspective, exploring your day and how you get paid, launching a new episode every Tuesday. Your day can transform while we inform with new episodes available on every platform. So check out. Our guest today is Todd Wyden. So let me tell you about this guy, J-Dub. So you've worked at a bunch of places, right? And I worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you yeah. worked at it. So, you've worked at a lot, and uh, yeah. we're gonna find out about some of them. But uh, <laughs> you, so I've worked at a bunch too. And what happens is, is when you work at places, right? Like, there's guys that you like, you click with right away, and you're like, okay, this guy is like in work, homie, but out of work, homie, too. Yeah, you know what I've I mean? like one. I've one person from like every job that I've like held on to. It was like yeah. one person that's cool that like you're like when I get fired, we're still gonna hang out. Dude, have you been so have you ever have you worked in an office before? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in an office, right? You can have people you're cool with in an office, but there's people in an office that you're cool with, but then there's other people who are like you can actually talk to them like a real person and you don't Yo, have to yeah. talk to them like you're, you know, like a robot yeah. in an office. Right. Like you can say actual words that you would say outside of the office. You can curse and talk about bullshit, you know. So when you find someone like that, it's rare, but you have to like suss them out. So I was working at at my job now. I won't say the name of the company, but I was working there now. And then uh, I'm in my department and all of a sudden they hire somebody new. Right. This new strapping young looking fella, young, good looking fella. Right. And so he comes in and I'm not going to lie. It was like the first or second day we would like start talking and we hit it off like instantly. I'm like, this fucking guy gets it. (laughs) All right. But it was all, it was almost like a breath of fresh air. Cause like, that's like the, you know, the one thing about like working in an office that I don't like is like the politicking and stuff. It is what it is. It's part of the office life. You know, what are you going to do? Right. But And like, also the way the world is now is that you, I'm almost like scared to talk to some people because I just might, I might say something that I thought was normal, 
Yeah. That, that's that's like a that's like a trigger word now. And I'm like, when did that become a trigger word? And they're like, well, yesterday. And I'm like, what? Who fucking sent the memo on the trigger words? I'm right? terrible at it. I oh. like don't have a filter. And I literally oh. was getting off the elevator the other day. I work at a hospital in and out. And I was like, this girl. And I like pointed at her and she like looked at me like, I was like, uh, Ann, sorry. And I was just like, you can't dress people like that. Like, yeah. I just like pointed out. I was like, this girl. Yeah. Came off all like aggressive. I was like, Dude, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm an and, ape. Yeah. No, but all you said was this girl. Right. Yeah, but it just came off like very aggressive. Like I have a name. I'm like, and I know your name. I don't know why I said that like that. I mean, but you're just being funny. Like you can't <laughs> even be funny in the office anymore. Like the one thing I'm great at is being fucking hilarious. Right. <laughs> That's number one here with this guy, you know? So I'm being fucking hilarious and you can't even be fucking hilarious in the office. Cause people are like, and it's not that you're being offensive right it's that anyone if they have a chance to claim offense they'll do it that's the bullshit right is that yeah. if you're being outwardly offensive there i agree there's no there's no place for that there's no room for that right and like it doesn't you know it shouldn't exist and it's not it's not fun or anything and i get that and we're not political here by any means but that's just like being a normal good person my but goal is to be harmless yes. but toting toting the line of being harmless or not is also what's funny but also, it's like you can't be a fucking robot either. Like you got it. Like making jokes is making jokes, right? Like if you're making a joke that's not outwardly offensive and you're just being funny or clever, then there shouldn't be anything against that. But I think that you know now people will use it to gain like political favor or just you know up their standing or something like that. If that's and that doesn't even really work. Because usually the higher ups are like, yeah, you're a piece of shit, but you know, apparently yeah, you're once, pulling a yeah. fucking, you know, you're flagging this person for whatever. Once you find out what the higher ups in your company are like really up to, you're like, oh, no, yeah, you can talk. I can talk however I want. Yeah, actually, I one of the higher ups, one of the, one of the high one of the higher ups in my company, I talk to like a normal person, and it's fucking great because he's hilarious. Right. <laughs> you know, there are. It, I was. I would say out of the like five major jobs I've had, I think there's only like four I haven't ended up doing drugs with my boss. <laughs> People like me, and they like doing drugs with me. Hey, man. Once they know you're cool and you can keep your mouth shut, I think that's like more. You know, that means a lot more than someone who can click a button every day, right? <laughs> so, all right. But either way, so hit it off with Todd right away, and then ever since then. He's been like when I told him I was ha having the show, he's been like one of the biggest fans. He listens every week. We he talks about we talk about the episode every week, right? Like he's just like I can't thank him enough for the support and like everything he does. And I was super excited when he uh, does like everyone else should do that wants to be a guest on the Working Perspectives podcast. He emailed us at workingperspectives at gmail.com and asked to be a guest on the show. So anyone else that wants to do like Todd Wyden did and be a guest on the Working Perspectives podcast, guess what you have to do? She's got to email us at workingperspectives at gmail.com. <laughs> crazy, right? That easy. Crazy. It's that easy, right? That and he's, easy. Not, he's not the first one that did it, but I think he's the second, <laughs> you know? But we're booked till, I mean, you know, if you want to email us, we're booked, but I'll freaking book you. But, uh, but no, but super happy that he likes the show and is a fan of the show and is very supportive of the show. And like, like I said, like I talk to it, we can talk about anything. So when we talk about stuff on the show, he's not going to use it to get offended. He's just, we're going to talk about what happened. Right. And it's like good conversation and great feedback too. So, you know, can't appreciate that enough. So I was super happy, super excited when he decided to come on. Uh, he's doing great. He's married. He has a kid. He's living, you know, he's living in New England. 
where the Patriots are, right? He's a Pats guy. Well, he's not a Pats guy, but he lives where the Pats fans are. He's We won't talk about what football team he likes, but either way, um, he lives in New England and he's married. He's got a kid. He's doing his thing. I'm really happy that he came on. Uh, before we get started, though, Todd, I just wanted to ask, have you seen the movie Bohemian Rhapsody? And if yes, what did you think of that piece of shit movie? You know I've seen that movie, and it is 100% garbage. <laughs> garbage. Like, I'm a big Queen fan. Like, I love the music and everything, but Damn. it just, I, I didn't, I, I, it wasn't for me. I didn't like it. It's the worst. It's the absolute worst, Yeah, you know? So, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm with you. It's garbage. It's the absolute garbage. Garbage, man. Total garbage. But, no, I'm, I'm with you, man. But how you doing, buddy? Thanks for coming on. Doing good, man. Thanks for having me on, man. Hey, of course, of course, of course. So, how's your week going? Everything good up in New England? So far, we just, uh, you know, we, we we had a little hurricane, but, uh, oh. you know, the past weekend. But you know what? Uh, we survived and uh, we're good. Nice. You didn't uh, pack the car and have it yet or anything? Nah, no <laughs> parking the car out here, man. <laughs> how far are you from How far are you from Boston? Uh, I'm about... He's closer. Maybe. You're closer to New York than Boston, right? No, I'm closer to Boston where I oh. live. I'm close. I'm about an hour and a half out of Boston. I'm about two. Oh. I'm about two and a half hours out of New York. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. 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 I'm, nice. yeah, I'm wicked close to Boston. Ooh, wicked pisser. Wicked. The, uh, the closest I ever got to Boston, we were packing the car to leave in the morning and we were going for a bachelor party. Sure. Uh, I put like my last bag in the car and the right. marathon bomb went off. Oh. And we watched it on the news and we were like, do we still and we didn't go to boston we went to baltimore and that's all i know about boston wow <laughs> wow what, well, what are the odds the morning yeah. we were leaving for boston wow yeah okay, yeah we we're supposed to stay man. that like hotel uh, that was right there i forget what it begins with like an l whatever that yep. hotel was we were like supposed to stay in it jesus <laughs> man wow well uh man that's call it the lucky hotel because that's fucking, <laughs> you were fucking lucky not to stay there jesus christ so, well, speaking of bachelor parties, Justin, um, gone to any recently? <laughs> I just got back from Seattle. So my, I have a set of brothers who are 10 years younger than me. My youngest brother's getting married. He's 24. Yeah. And I 24? Yeah. Oh, my God. God how, how old were you when you got married? I was, uh, I was 26. Oh, all, all right. right. I was yeah. uh, 30, uh, 32. Bitch. Who the hell knows? <laughs> I'm 36. I say maybe like three, maybe four more years till I get married. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, I will, and, and I will tell you, do not rush it, my man. Do not no, rush take your it. time. Yeah, in a hurry. I mean, life um, expectancy now. You don't have to get married when we're 15 anymore. You know, like we're good. But but nice. I went to Sea Isle and got all banged up with them. I think I bruised one of my ribs. Which one? Right below my my left nipple. It hurts. Oh, it hurts baby. when I laugh. It's, but my skin's not bruised on the outside. Hmm. You could have bruised it. I actually had a cracked rib one time. I had a fight in Jersey, and I was in the cage. It was in the cage, and my back was against the cage. And this guy came in, and I threw like this big loopy right hand, and he came underneath with a knee and hit me right in the ribs. And I was like, "Mother, like, dude, <laughs> it hurt. It hurt so bad. I almost went down." Right. And I was like, oh, God. And I tried to get him off me by throwing a two. And I tried to throw. I was like, oh, that's not going anywhere. Right. And then I was just like, I just was like, get the fuck 
away from me you know when i started like <laughs> punching at him but yeah that was dude those things i'll tell you ribs fucking suck because they suck to heal too because like you could be sleeping on a nice comfortable bed and guess what it's gonna fucking hurt <laughs> you know like you move as, soon as i stretch. wake up i'm like ah, oh. and then i like breathe in deep i'm like oh yeah that still hurts <laughs> And yeah, now that I'm 36, this is going to take like, I don't know, seven months to heal, I think. It's not longer. Yeah. 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 And nice. like what, and what happened was like nothing compared to the things that used, I used to do to my body and yeah. you wake up and feel fine. Yeah. It didn't hurt at the moment either. It hurt when I woke up the next day. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, I feel old. How old are you, Todd? I'm 37. All right. So, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fucking dude, I'll tell you what. It's when you hit 30. When you hit 30, right? Oh, yeah. And when you start, like, even in your late 20s, you get a little touch of it. But when you hit 30 and you start drinking, the world fucking is changed. It's over, right? Yeah. Like, it's the hangovers are three days long. You're fucking dead, right? They kill you. Oh, yeah. The only yeah. way, the only way I can drink the following day is if I wake up and start, like, I woke up the next morning, Saturday from the bachelor party and just started drinking again because I was so to. hungover. I was like, the only way I will stay awake oh, is you gotta, I get drunk. Yeah, you got to do the hair of the dog right there. Man. <laughs> yeah. Get at it again. I got a bunch of Jersey pork roll and a bunch of Ooh, Nickelodeon oof. Ultras. Ooh, oof. Just got the work, you know? Yeah, man. Sure. You got it. Hey, man, you got to do it somehow, pal. Then that's the only way to do it. I wonder, like, where did that saying come from? Take a little hair off the dog, it bit you. You know, like werewolves, probably. It's probably <laughs> how you cure werewolfism. You have to get the hair of the dog to cure you. No, makes sense. Makes sense. Makes actually I made makes all that up. I have no idea. I'm sorry. It makes complete sense. So nice. All right. Well, that'd be a good thing. Uh, I know that <laughs> funny enough, I listened to there's a another show I'm going to shout them out called the 10-ish podcast. It's a really good show, right? Um, where they take like a top 10 like ish list of things like one they did was like uh, like they did like the best Jim Carrey movies and they did like uh, God, what was another one I don't know like oh uh, the the number one porn searches <laughs> you know what I mean oh uh, 2020 guess what the number one search porn category was blacks on blondes nope interracial wasn't even in the top 10 good uh, we've I come mean, a long way yeah it was well. I mean, it's kind of interracial, but the number one searched topic on uh, on Pornhub was Japanese, not Asian. Japanese, Asian, I think was four, right? But Japanese specifically was number one. Yeah, in the United States? No, in the world. It was uh, no, it was world. number one in Japan and number one in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone agrees. <laughs> yeah, I was like, really Japanese? I mean, you know, but. You still had your favorites in there. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll not get on that topic, but uh, <laughs> either way. <laughs> so uh, we're here to talk about Todd White. So Todd here was born in Hartford, Connecticut and grew up in Enfield, Connecticut. He went to public school K through 12. Uh, he did a little tech school afterwards and stuff. But while in public school, don't let him fool you, J-Dub. This guy was a star. He was a total star. All right. He was the linebacker on the football team. He was the starting on the basketball team. He played a little baseball, you know, he did it all, right? So he's still playing basketball today. He started there early. I feel like basketball is your number one sport. Would you say that, Todd? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. What was what position did you play? I mean, I was I was center, small forward, power forward. You know, I, I was down low. 
Nice. You're getting, getting in there, throwing some balls. Getting right? in there. I was, I was scrappy. I was scrappy. Mixing up, throwing a little elbows there. Yeah. Fucking yeah. <laughs> okay, hey. Giving them the Matumbo elbow, huh? Absolutely. Dude, I'll tell you what. I played bat like, so wrestling is a winter sport. There's like, wrestling shits all over basketball like you wouldn't believe. Like, if you go to a wrestling tournament as a kid, they have like t-shirts, like wrestling shitting on. Like, one of the t-shirts that says the best thing, the most beautiful thing about a basketball court is when it's covered in wrestling mats or something along those lines, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, no, they I didn't they, know about this secret rivalry. It's just like they because the wrestlers think basketball players are you know the biggest wimps ever, which I mean they are. You know? No contact hey, versus. Yeah. Well, they're not the biggest wimps, but like if you like whenever you see like the guys fighting in like the NBA or like if you watch like the videos of like the uh like the playground brawls at a basketball game you know what i mean like they're so mad everyone's just like what's up man what's up man you know and like doing this like you know it's awful it's awful. i mean they all have long reaches you know you're gonna fight a guy who's six five with a six nine reach you know you gotta stay back true what were you saying ty well, you can't. I mean, look at the look at the '80s basketball compared to now. True, like the true. '80s '80s early '90s basketball. Bill, Bill Lambeer would fucking yeah. Bill Lambeer <laughs> would rip someone's. Oh my god! Down. Fucking loved I, Bill Lambeer. I would love to have Bill Lambeer, Dennis Rodman. Oh, jeez, oh, there's so many other ones out there. I would he, even have Charles played. Barkley in there. You know, what? give me Shaq now and Isaiah have those Thomas, guys up against these guys this year. Isaiah he, Thomas choked his coach. Yeah. Do you remember? Yep. So apparently, do you know who was voted the dirtiest player in the NBA back then? Our Bill boy, Lambert. our boy, and my mom's favorite player of all time, old Johnny Stockton, was yeah. voted the Johnny dirtiest Stockton. player in the NBA. Apparently, like when he's inside, he's like elbowing you and like throwing, like, like put like just really like getting dirty. And the thing was. It's like if you tried anything, he was just like, "Hey, Carl, Carl, Mister Malone," <laughs> you know. And Malone just goes in and like, "Come on, dude!" I'll tell you what, Malone. I think he. I think I read something somewhere where Malone, his entire career, he had a thirty, like a thirty-inch waist or a thirty-two-inch waist. So, like, could you imagine his shoulders? Where he was so fucking big, right? He was, yeah. and then just a thirty-inch waist. Like, forget it. Like he was. He was, dude, he was a monster. Oh, my God. Malone. And then even guys like Ewing, too, you know, and oh, Reggie yeah. Miller. And, dude, they were. They I'll give were, you one. I'll give you one. I'll give you a Larry Johnson. Oh, dude. From the original Mon- Charlotte oh. Hornets. Oh, yeah. Him and Muggs. Then he went to the Knicks. Oh, dude, that was a bad dude. Dude, and when he was in UNLV and he had, like, the silver tooth, right, or the gold tooth, he was like, bro, he was like, the, yeah. everyone was terrified of Larry Johnson. And he was another one that had shoulders that looked like he was wearing shoulder pads. Ugh. Wasn't he in Space Jam, too? Wasn't he one of the Monstars? Uh, Muggsy I want to say yes. Muggsy definitely was. Dude, Charlotte was, like, over. Dude, I, I mean, remember how, many people, how many people did you see that had Charlotte Hornets starter jackets? Oh God! Yeah, great that, colorway. Oh, oh it was yeah, awesome. It was awesome, and this emblem and everything, and yeah. it was like uh, unisex, like both boys and girls could wear them. It'd be cool, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Starter jackets. Those are uh, those are the best. Oh, the Justin. I mean, you can tell. I know your story, and it's a it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I uh, yeah. I um I leaped a fence at like twelve years old and tore the front down my white no. eagle starter jacket, yeah. and oh. I like I hadn't cried from like. 
you know, I was trying to like, I was a tough boy, you know? And I like bawled because I knew my parents weren't going to buy me another one. And like, they didn't exist anymore. Like I had had it from like 1994. Yeah. And it was Ugh. so upsetting. I was so upset. I like walked home. I was just like, was it the black and be... Kelly green or the white? The, and the bottom was black. The top of it was uh, white. Like it had the, it was uh, like the, the home one. Oh yeah. yeah it was oh, yeah. mostly white. I kept such like, I took care of none of the things I owned except for that. Yeah. I have a, you I, say it was an Eagles jacket. Oh yeah. It was the Eagles pull. Ah, pull no, it felt, yeah. Nah, the, that's the, okay. You mean the best you could rip that. That's okay. You and oh, your you. trash people, fans of any teams up there in your trash town. He's uh he he's actually from uh he's Do you guys have sports of, up there? I don't know. Like uh, he's a fan of a it. he's a fan of a team in <clears throat> Texas. Are you really? I am. Are you a Cowboys fan? I am a Cowboy fan. Yeah. What's Born like and raised. I'm not one of those homers that jumped on the bandwagon or anything like that. How could you? How could you watch your home team win what seven out of nine Super Bowls and <laughs> root for Dallas when they don't make the playoffs one time? You're you're I, seeing Brady just like collect rings. You're like, well, you know, we got fucking Romo. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, if they would have caught that snap, they would have made the second round of the playoffs that year. I swear. Well, against That's Seattle. what I've been saying. Yeah. <laughs> and Des caught the ball, by the way, too, against the Packers. I low-key low agree with you. <laughs> I don't like tell a lot of people that, but I, he that was a he that was a catch. Yeah, that was a catch. Yeah, I've well, seen people catch. Well, the ball fuck before. them. You know, if it if it it, it oh, couldn't yeah, happen to a better piece of shit team. You know, yeah. I care if you never win a football game again. It yeah, never yeah. maybe yeah. sad at all. Dude, I was at the 44 to 6 game. Oh my god, that was the best. Oh. The best. Yeah. They tried to uh they tried to trade my 2K player to the Dallas Mavericks, and I refused because I'm not gonna play for Dallas. No. <laughs> Anything <laughs> can't Dallas, do it, it, won't do it. No. Apparently, it's like Fort Wayne and like Arlington. The surrounding cities are very nice. I bet it's lovely. I'll yeah. never go. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. <laughs> You know, where does where does Rogan live? Where is he at? Houston, Austin, Austin. All right. I'll check out there. But, uh, you know, I don't know. Texas, they don't know how to handle like snowstorms, apparently. Like, what the fuck? You know, there are more tigers in Texas than there are anywhere else in the world. What? Uh, yep. That's a fact. Whoa, whoa, back it up. Back it up. Back in it up. Tigers. More people privately own tigers, and the population of tigers in Texas is higher than it is in the world. What? That's how many tigers are owned in Texas. What? Is that real? It's, is yeah, that from Texas the, the and Florida. Or the king, yeah, the movie? Yeah, they talk about it in that, is that there are more tigers in Texas. What's the oh. number two state for tigers? Uh, India, maybe <laughs> it's in the world. Like, where else? Are yeah, there where the continent of Africa? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> what is our tigers indigenous to Africa? Do I just sound like a moron? I think you know. I know they're in, like, right. I know they're in Asia. My uncle, my uncle was in Vietnam, and when he was in Vietnam, they killed a tiger, and he has a picture of him with a dead tiger. The tiger oh, is legit, like eleven feet long right yeah. and my uncle's like you know like five seven five eight what normal right and this tiger is huge is huge right and it was like dude i was like jesus christ there's yeah. like yeah like in india they still like they have to like round up all the men in the village and stop the tiger from taking people by the river like they're like what are you uh, doing on thursday like me and the guys are getting together we're gonna go run the tiger out of town oh yeah tony's back <laughs> <laughs> and it's not great <laughs> tiger got another youngster let's round up the men oh man dude that's crazy Imagine a i mean be, i mean i'd rather a tiger than a hippo apparently apparently hippos are just like the 
what is that? The dangerous animal in the world? Most dangerous I believe, animal? I believe so. I Dude, believe so. I saw I saw a thing the other day where a hippo was just like munching on a lion, right? Just sure. like rah, rah, you know. Dude, believe it. It's a it's a minivan with like the jaw <laughs> the jaw strength of like you know like twenty million pounds or whatever it is. It's it's incredible, and they're <laughs> mean. Hippos are not nice. They they fool they, you with that fantasia thing. They're mean. They live with crocodiles and they don't get messed with by crocodiles. <laughs> well respected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crocs are clean like their teeth. They just sit there with their mouth open. Birds clean their teeth. Really? People know what they're doing, yo. Yeah. They're like, hey, don't break the rules. Don't mess around. Don't get come near my kids. <laughs> you know, don't mess up my water and we'll be fine. But okay, so let's get back to Todd. So, Todd, <laughs> I wanted to ask you this. So, in yeah. Pennsylvania, right? Football's king in Pennsylvania. Yeah right and as far as like high school sports go wrestling is very big down here as well basketball is kind of big baseball is okay but football is number one and then wrestling low-key is like way up there but what would you say is like the biggest high school sport in connecticut so i would say it's a toss-up like i definitely think basketball and soccer are definitely up there oh wow Um, yeah close with um lacrosse is coming up too really you know yeah so like the biggest like the hottest selling tickets for high school sport events are like soccer lacrosse basketball yep. i could see basketball because of like uconn and everything like that and you got like that was really yeah. big for a long time especially like women's basketball right mm-hmm. like is women's basketball in high school like a women's high school basketball a big thing in connecticut oh yeah uh, yep. I've, really so oh, yeah like, Huge. They, all, they all want to like be the go to yukon and play for you know whatever his name is gino or something gino gino yeah. gino is god out here man really oh yeah he doesn't do anything wrong a women's high school bass or women's oh. college basketball coach yep. like is like the joe paterno well maybe not joe paterno <laughs> yeah let's <laughs> not use joe paterno <laughs> what did he win 11 in a row eight in a row what was the yukon's record i think it was oh eight. yeah they've won yeah they won like seven or eight in a row it was they, gr- they've been to the final four like a, a ridiculous yeah. number of times yeah. that maybe that's what the stat is oh yeah it was griner right Brittany griner that beat yeah. him yeah she was on from baylor, baylor yeah 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 yep. jesus man i'll tell you what i'll tell you what you know who's a female basketball player that gets looked o- overlooked from that time period was a miss skylar diggins have you looked her up she played for notre dame look yep. her up look her up would be uh be a nice treat so all right, so let's keep it moving. So you played basketball. How did you like playing basketball? Like, because you've played it your whole life and you still play. So how do you like it? I mean, I love it. It's great. I mean, it's yeah, like you said, I've been I've played it since I was you know six seven years old. Yeah, and now you know all through high school, you know, and then just now I'm starting starting to teach my daughter how to play, and it's nice. it's great. I love it. Yeah, yeah. that's fun. It's Dude, a that's sport. a blast. Yeah yeah she uh she made her first uh she made she's only five and she made her first shot uh on a 10-foot hoop a couple weeks ago already oh you know yeah her excitement was off it was it was awesome dude yeah that's dude that's badass like a (laughs) five-year-old being able to throw a ball in a 10-foot hoop that's incredible yeah nice man dude that's great yeah. that must have been like the most proud moment of your life thus far right so far besides besides the birth yeah i mean that's, that's <laughs> it man <laughs> kid's been doing nothing up until now yeah, yeah, yeah. nothing up until then walking <laughs> talking forget about it. boring no, absolutely yeah. yeah 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 dude that's great 
man that's awesome man happy to hear that's gonna be that's gonna be fun i'm i'm excited for something like along those lines too with my daughter where it's like i don't know like i don't know what sports to do a lot of people tell me gymnastics for young girls is really good but i don't know you know or dance or whatever the hell she wants to do as long as she does something i don't care yeah some good coordination get that solid footwork She's already climbing everything, which is scary. Oh my god, the amount of stuff these kids can climb is unbelievable. Oh yeah, it's oh ridiculous. God. You think it's like you know they don't have the upper body strength, but like they're climbing like railings and stuff, you know. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what the hell is this? Where are the two? What do you, you know? But what are yep. you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Turn your back for a second, and they're up the they're, you know they're up climbing on the oh, cabinet. Man, thing. that that is, dude. I'll tell you what, that's the stuff that wakes me up in the middle of the night, where like I think of here, her near the stairs or something, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh my god. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, what are you gonna do? So nice. So basketball, that was your big game, but you also played football, right? So. Yep. When you were in high school, right, uh, yep. you played, let's see, you played linebacker, right? Yep. And you played quarterback, right? Yep. And little wide receiver, right? Yeah. You hearing this, Jado? Like, that's what I'm saying, <laughs> yeah. man. It's a stud. You, you can't be no, we didn't. I mean, it, it was, it, you had to because we didn't have a lot of kids on the team. So, you know, you had to play both sides. And, you know, the quarterback thing was real quick. I had, you know, our, the guy that was playing quarterback, Broke his nose, so we needed a backup. Nobody wanted to do it. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I can throw a football. Let's try it. Hell yeah. Threw it. Was in a preseason game. Broke my left thumb. You know, <laughs> you know it was – that was the end of it. You know, I think yeah. I played a couple more – I think I played one or two more games after that, and that was, that was the end of that. Oh, they let me pitch for like two weeks and Gwen Nor, and it was the happiest two weeks of my life. And then I like hit too many kids, like, all right, you're done. I was like, man, remember, I I was I would have been a good pitcher. <laughs> they just should have let me rein in. What kind of pussy doesn't want to play with a broken nose? Like, who gives a shit about a broken nose? Like, come on. I need to breathe. Especially you, my, dude, dude, look, look at like my nose has been broken so many times. My sister broke it when I was nine. Never got it fixed. Like, look at this thing. It's like silly putty, you know? <laughs> like, come on. Who needs a nose, right? I remember one time I was at the – I went to a gym, and they were like uh, – like, I was at, like, the front desk. It was, like, one of the first times I was there. And they are like, hey, you need to sign a waiver if you're going to come here. And I was like, all right. And then the one guy was like, yeah, with a nose like that, you better sign a waiver. I was like, motherfucker, I just <laughs> met you. <laughs> like, you're going to shit all over my nose? But yeah, so there you go. So nice. So you did a little of that at football. Nice. Um, and then was your team any good or no? Uh, I wouldn't say we were good. I mean, we were decent. I mean, we definitely won games. But I mean, it was a small, like our high school, like, our town, we divided up our high schools. Like we had two high schools in our team, in our, uh, in our town. And like, if we had just combined them, we would have been nasty. Like we right. were playing up against, like we were in one division. Like it was like, the, I don't know, the CCC East or something like that. And we were going up against teams, inner city teams like Hartford, Bloomfield, yeah. you know, Windsor. These are just big, massive teams with like, you know, hundreds and hundreds of kids. You know, we got a squad of maybe 50, maybe. Yeah. yeah. And it was just, yeah, it, it, it was a good experience. But yeah, we, we got the shit kicked out of us. We were one of those, like our school was one of those schools that I think I had like 1,200 kids in my graduating class. I think J-Dub, yours was even more. <clears throat> no, right? well, I think mine was like 11 something. Yeah, it was, but yeah, it was like, still. 
Yeah. It was it was, like we had thousands of kids like going out. Like there's hundreds of kids that went out for every sport almost, you know, like yeah. football, especially yeah. there's a ton. They took of football kids. so serious at that school. Too, so serious. Yeah. <laughs> so you weren't allowed to play any other sport. So I, like you used to play three sports all through middle school. And then yeah. at North Penn, the first couple of years I played football, but you could only play football if you played football. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. sucks. We had a couple guys on, on the wrestling team that started like we're starting linebackers and stuff. And Pete was a starting lineman on the football team. And they like gave him an ultimatum, like pick one. And he was like, well, I'm going to get a scholarship for this. So fuck off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but yeah, no, they were, that was, I mean, it is what it is. Like we had a bunch of guys, there's guys going D one. Like if you're going D one, then concentrate on the sport you're going D one. in. Right. I agree with that. But if you're not going D1, then play whatever sport you want, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. You don't no, have I would have loved to have played like in a smaller school and like had like a, even though your team, like you have less of a crowd, but you probably know everybody on that. Like everyone who's tried out for the football team, everyone who plays, like mm-hmm. it's fun. Yeah. And you have a blast, you know? Yeah, like, middle school football was awesome. You know? Oh my God. <laughs> the best. But nice. Okay. So I did want to ask about this. So down here in our in our little old town called Lansdale, PA, Land of the Free, home of the brave, uh, we used to have a Thanksgiving Day tradition that has since uh, gone haywire just because, like, the teams are always in the playoffs and stuff. Um, but we're not the only place that has a Thanksgiving tradition. Apparently, you guys did, too. So what was that like? So give us yeah, a rundown. So- yeah, Thanksgiving was the two high schools in the town uh, would go would play each other. So Enfield, Enfield High versus Fermi High School, and the whole town showed up. It was massive. Like they, it was, it was a tradition. Like families would come. Like all, all the alumni would come, and it was, it was crazy. Like just yeah. everyone, the crowd was crazy. Everything, like everyone was hyped up for this game, and it didn't matter if we had a losing season or <laughs> you know, it, it we could have been Owen. Oh, and 11 or whatever, as long as you beat Fermi, you know, it, that was it. You, your season was, you, you were good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Nice. That's, Hey, it was crazy. that's a lot of schools like that. The Thanksgiving yeah. game is the Super Bowl for a lot of schools, which mm-hmm. I think that's the best, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like to have like a rivalry game like that, those are so much fun, you know, like that. I, you know, that's just, yeah. it gets you could have a high. losing season, but still have a game to look forward to. Yeah. Yep. That's genius that they did it that way too. Otherwise, like kids are just gonna be like, "Well, I guess this season's over." You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You're done. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Did you guys win or did you lose? Uh, we won a couple times. Like, uh, I think what was it? I think our JV team definitely won a lot, and then our varsity team. You know, like we would play the JV team would play like a, a couple days before, and then whoever performed well on the JV team got bumped up to the uh, varsity team for to show up. For that game and then you know it you get the holy shit kicked out of you <laughs> you know it was one it was one of those deals nice man nice mm-hmm. all right cool so all right so let's keep it moving i want to talk a little bit about uh well actually okay yeah so i want to get into some work history right okay. so we we have some interesting stuff here and i'm really excited to get into it so the first job i want to talk about is that you worked at a tobacco farm from the ages of like 13 to 15. Yep. So it's a backy farm. Talking about tobacco. All right. So what was it like working there? Like I've never, I've never worked on a farm, period. Right. And I've only ever been to like one. 
right? And it was like a petting zoo. You know what I mean? So Mary what? Man. Yeah, what exactly? So what is it like, like working on the farm and going there? Like how, like what was your typical deal there? So it was, it was pure hell. I mean, it was not fun at all. I mean, you tried to make the best of it, but like you'd be there at, you know, crack of dawn, you know, six, seven o'clock in the morning. And, you know, as a teenager, you know, a young teenager, that's like, you know, that's like four or five o'clock now. This is in the summertime, uh, right? Yeah. And this is in the summertime. So this is, this is just a summertime gig. And, you know, it, it, um, you know, a little backtrack. I wasn't supposed to work there. My mother who worked at a dermatologist play, uh, office, you know, her, uh, one of the customers owned the tobacco farm and she was like, Oh, you know, my son's looking for a job, which I wasn't, but <laughs> you know, so I was just sitting at home thinking, you know, I'm going to have a nice summer, you know? Yeah. So she calls me up, like maybe she gave me like 15 minutes notice. She's like, Oh yeah, this guy's going to come and you're going to come and pick you up and you're going to go work for him on his tobacco farm. I was like, nah, you're bullshitting me. Mom. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> come on, yeah. Why would you do something like that? And uh, she was like, no, I'm dead serious. And sure enough, she, you know, 15 minutes later, this, this older guy's just knocking on my door saying, hey, come work, you know, let's go. Oh. I was like, all right. So, <laughs> um, that, so that was brutal. But, you know, I, I got to, you know, I got to work in the barn. So I, what I would do is I would actually hang the tobacco. So I'd be climbing up into a, you know, in, into one of the barns and, you know, on the beams and, uh, you know, we would hang tobacco. Um, you know, but on certain days, you know, we would go and uh, if people didn't show up to work, you know, you were out there on the fields cutting, picking them up, picking up the tobacco and, you know, even, you know, just, uh, you know, pick, uh, putting it up on the boards to hang. So it was, Oof. it was an all the, you know, you'd come home, you know, you'd look at your hands, you'd have pesticide all over your hands and stuff and uh, you're out there in the you know, hundred degree heat and stuff, you know, it was just, it was brutal backbreaking labor uh, work, you know, it was, it wasn't fun. Dude, that sounds like the worst, the absolute it, worst. Like, it, yeah. Oof. Oof. It, Dude. It, it so, taught me a lot. I mean, I definitely, you know, I didn't think I was cut out for it, but I definitely proved to myself that I was. Yeah. Because, like, I, you know, people would be quitting, you know, leaving, you know, you'd be working with one guy one day and then he just would never show up again. So you're like, oh, okay. Well, and then that you was Todd. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> hey, I'm. I'm the idiot running, you know, I would run because, you know, I'm a teenager. So I was running. So I had a lot of energy. So I'd be running in the hundred degree heat, picking up oh. the tobacco and, uh, you know, stupid. The but, old guy's um, like, hey, slow the hell down. Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You'd hear somebody, you know, you'd hear somebody talking in, you know, Spanish. And I didn't know Spanish at the time, but, you know, they'd be talking in Spanish and I can only imagine what they were saying. Like, look at this, you know, gringo, stupido, idiot, you know, yeah. But uh, I knew I was on the good, the good side of the, uh, of the owner when he would ask me, you know, hey, I know you've been working hard, but, you know, I have a side job for you and he'd throw you a couple hundred bucks and like, hey, you know, can you come, you know, throw some hay onto these, uh, onto the back of the truck? And it's like, all right, sure. Why not? You know? Yeah. So it, it, it had its ups and downs, you know? I'll, I will say this, right? Manual labor, that's a workout in itself. Like you must have been yoked as a son of a bitch after working there, <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, you, I mean, you're definitely, you know, you're moving like you, you keep, you don't have any time to, to slack off or anything like that, man. You were just sweating, you know, Ugh, it, it was brutal. Your mom probably just needed like at that time, you're working like crazy, you're working out, you're playing sports and you're also growing. 
So your mom was like, hey, kid, if you want to keep eating, you need a fucking job. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> you need to get out of the house for about good eight to 10 hours out of a day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, leave me alone. Jesus, man. That's a brutal, yeah. brutal gig. Oh, yeah. Was there I like mean, an old old man that worked there that had been there for like 20 years? That yeah. was like the, he was just like back, like hunched over and like his hands were all gnarled. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we definitely had some older people that worked there. You know, they were lifers. It was like a family tobacco farm. Like, like their name, one of the streets in town is named after him. You know, it was just like he was that big. Like, oh, wow. Oh, yeah. So like they, everyone knew who he was. He was the nicest guy in the entire world. But uh, like, so they made know. some money there. then. Huh? Oh, yeah. I mean, this guy, like I talk about the brutal heat and everything like that. But this guy would literally show up and in the back of his truck and he would have 10 to 12 gallons of, you know, just juice and water and food and this and that. Like he took care of his, yeah, his worker. workers. And nice. yeah, he, I mean, the guy walked around with like a couple grand in his pocket and no one yeah. bothered him. Like nobody would ever mess with him. Like yeah. he's that guy. That's awesome. I like to yeah. hear that where yeah. it's not, he's not like some stunad, like just sitting yeah. in the air condition, you know, freaking being a bum. Like he's out there like appreciating the work of, you know, he, he knows what it takes to work. So that's where did nice. the, uh, where did the tobacco go? Like, did it go to cigars or was it a Philip Morris field or like, what was it? Yeah. yeah. So it was just, it was, it was called, um, it was dry leaf. I want to say dry leaf. I can't remember. Yeah. One of those. And I think it would go to cigars mostly. I mean, I'm okay. pretty sure it went to, uh, I didn't get that far into it cause I only yeah, went two did. years, but yeah, I would say cigars and, uh, and cigarettes. Cause you know, this yeah. is, mid 90s so yeah there, people were still smoking it up back then yeah still smoking it up now you know I mean, yeah that wacky we went, yeah those... we went on a we went on a field trip to a place that grew and dried tobacco in school in the north oh. Penn district and uh my one buddy stole one of the leaves and then tried to roll blunt with it when we got yeah. home and it was like too moist it was like hanging yep, up yep. in that barn oh yeah yeah like we would hang up that we would put after hanging it up after a certain amount of time we would actually put in um burners like not bunsen burners but like burners into the barns and we would use the propane he and dry dry the propane and we would dry it out yeah oh wow yeah well, this i was mean the full process man does it need to be dried in order to yeah. do it or like oh yeah you... it goes from because you're gonna pull it from the ground like green as a any mm -hmm. plant you find and then you're yep. hanging it up into the point where it gets brown like a cardboard bag really paper bag yeah what is uh so Damn, so not only is it hot out, you got to heat up the damn barn that you're working in. That fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so yeah. wait, but I thought, because I've done like uh, chew, and chew is tobacco leaves, but they're still like moist. Is that <laughs> like, okay, so it's just like before it gets completely dry, they do that for, like you can do it that way to like chew it up? I think so, yeah. I mean, I never got to that point of it. Like I literally just would put it into the, put it, you know, put it in the, hang it in the barn and you know, put the burners in there. And then after that, I would go to school. And then afterwards, I would know nothing. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd come back the next summer and they're like, hey, get out there and start to get up in that barn again. I was like, ah, shit. All right. <laughs> You're like, all right. I guess I'm going. But I guess I'll climb up 30 feet in the air and start hanging <laughs> back a leaves. Nice. So nice, though. But that's good. So that taught you like, but that like taught you like, you know, like hard work and like yep. it, it also taught you a very valuable lesson of what you didn't want to do for the rest of your life. Yeah, that's a very valuable lesson to learn early on. I learned one of those at a gig. I worked for a hauler. Never going to I don't ever. Oh God, I hope I don't ever have to do that again. But it was <laughs> brutal, man. A junk hauler was awful. But OK, so let's keep it moving. 
Yep. So you went from the tobacco farm, right? And then you went and you worked at Sears, right? Yeah. So you went from working on the farm in the heat to the nice air conditioning of a nice Sears hardware store. Well, it wasn't Sears yep. hardware store. It was just Sears everything store, yep. right? And you worked there from the age ages like 16 and 17. And how did you get the, how'd you get the gig in there? How'd you like it? And I've never worked retail. So let me know what you think. So I got the job uh, from a couple of buddies of mine from high school, you know, they were working there and they were like, you know, we could, you know, come work for us, you know, or come work with us and uh, you know, we'll have fun and whatnot. And I was like, all right, cool, whatever. So I worked there working retail is, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. You meet a lot of interesting people. Um, but like we would, you know, I first started in like the tool department. So that was awesome. Like I got to learn all about these tools and, you know, stuff I never knew about. And just, you know, I would help people out, you know, pick the right tool and, you know, cash them out and everything. But these guys were over in like the men's department. So they would be dealing with more clothes. So, you know, you know, so we were on opposite ends of the, of the store and, you know, we, you know, we try to communicate as best we could, but we couldn't because we were, right. you know, we were young and stupid and we wanted to, you know, play around and whatnot. Yeah. And there's so, some uh, downtime you can mess around, but yeah, I mean, we like... did, yeah, we did, I mean, we did a lot of stuff at that store that yeah, I won't, I won't mention what we did, but yeah. I mean, there was, I mean, at one point there was a game of hide and seek going on and it was, it was so stupid. We, you're looking back <laughs> at it. it was funny, but it was, it was funny at the time. It was so stupid. <laughs> that's, you got to do that shit though. When you're a kid, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's all yeah. part of it. Yeah. yeah imagine if you're was the dead. manager. You know, nobody yeah. was there. So it was just something to pass the time. Cause you know, you're there till, you know, nine thirty or something like that, and it's just yeah. like, oh my god, there's nobody here. It's a what was, Wednesday what, night. What it was, was in a mall? Like, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It was it was in a little mall in in town. You know, I, I wouldn't wouldn't call it a big mall. It was like you know, a little strip mall or small. You know, it's one of the small malls. But uh, yeah, it, yeah, it was connected to that. <laughs> nice. All right. Yeah. So cool. So nice. So let's keep it moving then. Um, all right. So you're at Sears, right? Uh, you're still there, but then you were like you said you were in like the tool department, but you went from there and you went to the women's department, right? Like, why would they put a guy in the women's <laughs> section? That just didn't make sense. So, me. Yeah, I mean, at, at one point, like management came in and said, you know what, you all work for Sears. We're all just going to move you wherever we need you, you know, kind of, you know, just keeping everything even, you know, where we need you, we're going to put you there. Okay, right. cool. You know, and one of the bosses that came in was, you know, he was pretty, you know, he was pretty tough. You know, he was, he was by the book guy, you know, didn't want to have, you know, no fun. You know, you couldn't get along with the guy, you know, as a kid and you're working with mostly kids, you know, you do, you are working with some adults, but you're working with some hard ass trying to, yeah, yeah, I hate that shit. Yeah. So he would, you know, he would put me in the, uh, the women's department and, you know, you're dealing with, you know, I was like, I was like, all right, come on, I'll do it a couple times, you know, but then, you know, you got the, you know, 60 to 70 year old woman coming in there asking to, you know, hey, you know, can you, you know, can, well, how's this bra look or something like that? And you're just like, yeah. oh, God, come on. What yeah. are you, t- what are you plus, doing? Plus, too, like, if you're a customer, I guarantee there's women yeah. that walked out of that store because they didn't want to ask you about like their undergarments. Like, come oh, on, 100%, you know? like hundred percent, like especially too, like even if it's not like an older lady, any lady, yeah, you know, what any I mean? lady. like that's just 
this is bad, bad business. It right? wasn't smart. And, and, it, and I had asked him, I said, listen, you know, I know I got to help you out. And I don't mind ringing. I'll stay in there and ring. Yeah. You know, I'll cash him out. I'll do all the things. But I cannot do this. Like, there's just, yeah. it, it just doesn't work. It's not a, like, no, yeah. no, we're going to put you where we need you type of steal and stupid. all that stuff. So, I mean, That's I finally, I, yeah, I think he put me in there like two weeks in a row. It was just brutal. And I was, I, I find that is the, I can honestly say that is the one and only job I ever quit without having something back, you know, to, to fall back on. Like I didn't yeah. have another job lined up. That You're is just the like, only job. For this, the manager is a hard on. He's yep. sticking me in a department that's like, I would say borderline inappropriate and like stupid. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's not like they didn't have women at the store, right? There's women that work there, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They would have them in like bedding or something. And I'm like, Ugh. can we just switch or yeah. something? You know? And What's it? Yeah. I don't know why he has to, but he yeah. had it for you. I don't know. Maybe he I was just know. like, look, Todd, I know eventually you're going to be a drag queen. So I wanted you to get familiar <laughs> with what's going on. <laughs> I'm kidding. He's, Todd's not a drag queen, everybody. I am not a drag queen. He's a full transgender. Drag queen. No. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Power. Wouldn't we all, Pat? Well, not Justin. You'd be quite a good looking drag queen, Justin. I can see Justin nice, being as a good looking drag queen. Yeah. Nice, tall, broad. Yeah. Throw some, <laughs> throw some heels on you. Huh? Get some little eyeliner going. Yeah. Let's go I got good hips. I got a good figure. Sure. I pull well. I bet yeah. you could. Watch out. Hey. Here it comes. <laughs> so, all right. So let's keep moving. You left the you left Sears after Johnny Stunad was trying to be a hard ass and yep. put you in the women's department. You went from there and you worked at a grocery store, right? Yep. So when you're there, you're there from like like you know, like you kind of finished high school there, right? So what kind of roles did you have like at the grocery store? Like what were you doing? I mean, I did just about everything there, man. Like I started out as a bagger. So I would be, you know, just bagging your groceries, you know, paper, plastic. What do you want? Both. Okay, cool. Just throw, you know, putting the stuff in there, put the cans on the bottom, put the, you know, bread on the top type of deal. Smart, smart. Um, you know, help the old lady out to the car with her car, you know, with the car and stuff guy. like that. Like th this was a good, good food store to work, to work at, you know, like we had to wear, we actually had to wear khaki pants and a button down shirt and, did we have that? I think we had to wear a tie at one point and you know, it was a real classy place to work for. Like <laughs> did you ever, everyone, uh, everyone had the same attire, you know, did like, you, did you have to wrangle the silver Buffalo? Wrangle the silver Buffalo. Did you have to bring in the carts? That's what I used to, I used to <laughs> oh, work. God, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh geez. That, yeah. That's what, that's Never what I heard that expression before. That's, I used to work at giant. And that's what I used to call bringing in the carts was wrangling the silver Buffalo. <laughs> That's Nobody ever like that joke. I'm glad you guys like it. Wrangling Nobody, the silver. I was wondering. I was like, "What are you talking about?" And I was like, "Oh, now I get it." Wrangling the was, silver buffalo. I was a, I was a concrete cowboy. I used to wrangle the silver buffalo. Loved it. That I is phenomenal. That. That Funny is you bring that up, man. Phenomenal. Me and one guy actually had a competition going to see how many you could carts we could actually push oh, at like, one time. Like in the long was, thing. Yeah. Yup. And you were just like you you. Me and it, we were holding up traffic. <laughs> I mean, we tried to push at least, I think, 40, yeah, around 40 to 45, uh, you know, um, carts at a time. And it Do was, you have like the like the cord thing or whatever, the, the rope that you no. had? To, you didn't have that either? No, this was so you're just oh, yeah. pushing it. All the carts. Yeah, man. Yeah, same. Ooh. We didn't have that automatic thing they have at Walmart where it like yeah. flies them themselves. No, yeah. we wrangled them no. on our own horse. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, get out of here. Yeah, you were, it was a one-horse town, and you were the one. Yeah, man. Buffalo. I was the concrete cowboy. Yep. 
Nice, dude. That's phenomenal. I mean, dude, I'll tell you what, that must have been like the leg power you need to get 40 carts going, especially to <laughs> imagine if you had one cart that had the bum wheel and you're like, God damn it, cart number oh, yeah. 12. Jesus, get your arms. <laughs> you know, like that you know, or like, doing it in a snowstorm. That oh, was brutal. baby. Like, trying to get those carts to move in snow because it's packed. It's packed, good. right? Like, oh, the, yeah. The place is bumping. Yeah. And they sell booze in your grocery stores. Must be nice. Yep. And then, you know, man, that must have been, yeah, it sounds like a nightmare. So nice. Okay. So let's keep it moving. So you're working at the grocery store. Everything was going good. Then now this is, I want to get into some heavy detail about this real heavy, right? So part of the, the mission of the Working Perspectives podcast, besides being the voice for working society and letting people that contribute air their story. We want to build, we want to build, like we want to bring scope to the world around us, right? And see like all these moving parts that make these things work. And this is one of the jobs that I think a lot of people have seen at work, but like seen, like you've seen these people at work doing their thing, but not a lot of people know like what goes on and how it, how you get into it. So you were uh, what is known as a ramp agent for mm-hmm. an airport. So you're the guy with the lights going, meh, 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 you know, like and directing the plane on the tarmac, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was one of my jobs there. Yeah. So it okay. Was... So let's talk. So uh you don't have to say the airline you work for, but okay. I want to know how'd you get the job? What was a day like at the job? And then, you know, how what kind of jo- roles did you do in like the training and stuff? But go ahead, start it All out. Right, so I got the job from, so this was out of high school. You know, I didn't, I didn't go to college. So I just went right I. to the work. Winners yeah. don't go to college. That's right, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I needed something to do. And um, I, my girlfriend at the time, not now, but my girlfriend at the time, uh, her uncle worked at the airlines. Oh, nice. And so it was kind of like a mutual thing. And they were, he was like, yeah, just, you know, say, you know, uh, you know, you know me and, you know, they'll hire you. I was like, okay, cool. All right. So so I you did had that. An in. Huh? You had an in at the airport. I had an in. Yeah. I had an okay. in. And Seems then like you would need that for like one of those gigs. Like you would need. Yeah. And someone. this was, you know, and this was right after like 9 11. So this was like oh, 2000, 2003, 2002, 2003 time frame, maybe 2004. So airport security is heavy as Oh, mother. yeah. It was. They, you know, I like told the background the check must have been crazy. Right? Oh, background check was ridiculous. I'm like, I went to high school. I went to middle school. Like I don't have a resume. Like I don't really have a resume right now. You're like, yeah, I'm 19 guy. I don't know. I don't have nothing. So I watch Goodwill hunting three times a week. I'm from the (laughs) way. What do you want? Why do you really want to work at the airport? I I don't know. Somebody told me to show up here. Yeah. Yeah, I I got, you know, the guy said it was really good. Nice job. Homeland security. I did it. Why not? He says I get to play with the light sticks, right? You guys (laughs) got light sticks here. Yeah. I so, all right. So nice. So keep going. So your the your your at the time girlfriend's uncle yep. got you the in there. Yep. So your what is the training like? Well, so let's do what's the training like for this job, and then what's a day like at this job? So go ahead. So the training. So they'll fly you out to Pittsburgh. Whoa. So we got to go out. To, yeah, we got to go out to Pittsburgh. That was like their Home main. The that was like their main main office was out there. So. Oh, like, good old Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good old Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. Western. 
Dude, it's a completely the different city state out here. there. All right, I don't um, want to hear it. I don't. So Pittsburgh can piss me off sometimes, but whatever. Oh, sorry, we won't talk about them. No, I don't um, care. You know, they're in the AFC. We only see them in the Super Bowl, but still, yeah, they're like awesome. they're so freaking. You know, they're. I mean, <laughs> take your bratwurst and your sauerkraut and your medium-sized city and go shove it, Pittsburgh. All right, that's from me, old kid salami, right at you. Okay, so go ahead, Todd. Uh, you went to Pittsburgh <laughs> for the training. So, so they so they fly out to Pittsburgh. We got to be in training. I think it was it was only like a, like a week's worth of training, but you got to learn all of the airport. Like every airport has a has a like a initials. So you got to learn certain certain initials. So like uh, for my my airport that I you know go to and I live you know that's in my state. Uh, it's called Bradley Airport. So Bradley Airport is BDL. So we had to learn that. Nobody could get it because the problem with that, with Bradley, is they would also say Hartford Springfield because it's right in between the two cities. Like those are the two big cities that are right in between it. So everyone always got that wrong. So that was an easy one for me. But like, you know, we had to learn, um, you know, Florida, you know, like Orlando. You would think like ORD. No, it's MCO. Why? <laughs> Probably because of Mickey. I have no idea. You know, like I'm just thinking Orlando, Disney, Mickey Mouse, you know. Not wrong, man. I'm, I'm kind of going there. But yeah. um, like the so you had to learn all of those, like all of the initials because, you, you know, they would fly all over the place. Like the weirdest one for me was it was Nashville. Right. It's B.N.A. Those are the those are the, the initials for it. I was like, what the? you know just, just bad, weird weird bad nashville that's yeah. what it is yeah bad nashville airport nashville airport so you know so stuff like that so you had to train and then they would teach you all about you know how expensive the planes are and if you damage the planes you know this is hundreds of you know millions of dollars you know type of deal like you how gotta be really careful how expensive are they ah, they're really fucking expensive <laughs> <laughs> it's really expensive like money you <laughs> you you myself you know you me justin we're never going to be able to, to come to by we'll line. never see that well yeah. we can try but we ain't going to get there no like yeah. at least i'm not <laughs> um, i don't plan on owning a jet anytime soon <laughs> yeah so you know you had to do that so that was the training that was like a week worth of training you had to take a test and you have you pass the test obviously you you uh, get to work so you know i got the job you know i got to i got hired officially hired and so like a day would be so you had three shifts you had the morning shift afternoon shift and night shift the morning shift would start at uh, about 4 30 a.m 4 35 o'clock a.m you know and they would get all the morning planes out of the way so the planes that were already sitting you know they'd load up the uh the planes in the belly of the uh, the luggage in the belly of the planes and you know they'd get them all out so then the afternoon crew would come in at noon anywhere, like i think noon or so work till eight and then you had a night crew that would come in around seven and work till you know whenever the last plane came in so typically you know you got a certain amount of planes every like couple of minutes that are coming in you know bradley's not that big of an airport but it is you know it's pretty busy you know um it's so international, you, you, had to, right? you had to stay on time you know you, you run late you know now you're setting passengers back you know it was really really stressful when the, you know you could have four or five planes on the tarmac at a time and you're you're moving, you know, you're bouncing from plane to plane to plane, just, you know. Are you driving golf carts in between? What's that? You ride like a golf cart in between planes? Like that Only if you were in the baggage, only if you were in the baggage area. So baggage area, you would be, you know, you put your luggage, you know, you go to the airport, 
you put your luggage on the, you know, you talk to the teller, the agent there, and they would, you know, ticket your luggage and they would throw it on the, uh, the belt there and it would go down. You would never, you know, you wouldn't see it until you got off the plane. It goes down to a little area and then there's like two or three guys back there just sorting through them, just putting them on tugs and, you know, figuring out what plane goes where and everything like that. So, wow. Um, yeah. And then they would drive the tug out to the plane and now you got like another four or five guys, four, actually four or five people because there were ladies that worked there um and they were they were badass like these 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 ladies were awesome they were they were they were awesome um but like so you would either be so you could either go up into the plane and clean once the plane landed you know you brought it in you could either go up into the plane and like kind of clean it wipe it down you know kind of not not how we have it now but like before you know you kind of wipe it down real quick clean up the trash you know everything like that um or you could be down in the belly of the plane and you could be pack you know packing all the luggage that the the, uh the passengers would have so you would have that or you would just be one of the guys taking it off the tug and putting it on the belt it goes up and then you could either go to the next plane or you could help you know back up the plane this is where the the stroke the uh the wands come into play okay you know you'd have your headphones on and you'd have the wands and now you're just walking walking with the plane you know backing it up you know the one guy's pushing it in the tug and or a heavier tug and you would be backing it up backing it up and there's i think there's a couple of viral videos of guys dancing and stuff like that it was yeah. really yeah. it was really really cool man <laughs> seems like you like that job uh so i i love that job man because i'm a bit i love planes i love everything about them so i'm yeah. kind of like a dork i don't care but no dude i love dude, it planes are fucking awesome man don't get it <laughs> twisted there ain't yeah. nothing wrong with planes planes are they're, badass they're huge <laughs> huge so when you see a plane, could you imagine a grown man pulling a plane like they do in the world's strongest man? Like, no, that, they're no. that they're enormous, right? It, huge. Like, I mean, the smaller ones. Yeah, I could probably see like the, uh, but they're pulling like 747s. Yeah, no, those 747s are massive. Like that's, that's just ridiculous. Like Dude, that's no. unreal. Dude. Yeah. So nice. So, okay. Quick two things. One sure. is, was your job unionized? No, was it, we were no, not. So there wasn't like a tarmac worker or a ramp agent union. And then two, like, is there, you know, like, is there a cafeteria at this place where you had your lunch break? And if yes, does the ramp agents and the security get along or is there rivalry? Um, so there was, so we had a little, I wouldn't say cafeteria. We still had to eat. Like some people would bring their own lunch. And then, you know, you could go up to our airport, you know, I think the, it had a McDonald's at the time, you know, a McDonald's or yeah. something like that, but okay. you would go and get your stuff security, but everyone who worked in the airport, I mean, I got along with everybody. So I would just, you know, just, you know, say hi to everybody. You know, I didn't give a crap what airline you worked for. If you were TSA, if you were, you know, I would just, Oh, you know, wow. Talk so to there's you. like airline kind of. Oh yeah. Oh. I mean, the only time you really got aggressive with them was when they're driving, when we we're driving, like sometimes we would have to take, um, we have to take the tugs. Like we'd get mail through the airport. So the, the like, tug, when you say tugs, that's like the golf cart gimmicks. Uh, a little stronger than a golf cart. Yeah. Okay. Like it's, yeah. It's the thing that pulls the plane out to the tarmac. It's one of those. There's big, those are, those are the big ones. Then there's smaller tugs that will just pull up. Is that the, like the uh, luggage? The luggage. On? Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay, I see. And what yep. about the 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 stair the stairs, the truck? stair truck? Did you drive oh, the, the stair, stair truck? Tr- yeah, the stair truck would be for 
would be either for the food or you would go in the back of the plane and you would use that to clean the plane. Like you would oh, use that one to, to clean oh, okay. oh, dude. Yep. So like besides like the cleaning and like the hefting of the luggage, which I mean, you know, hefting luggage, you're getting a workout, it's whatever. But yep. besides that, like you're driving cool shit. You're playing yep. with the light sticks. You got the yep. headphones. You got the Star Wars outfit on, right? Yep. Like you, it's sounds pretty badass. Right? It was cool. It was definitely cool, man. Like the one, I'll say the one, two things really that really got to me was the weather because you're just out oh. there in the open. So if it's raining oh. or windy, you're getting your ass handed to you. That's what I was going to ask. You're like, just out there. It, you're out there, man. Oh. Like you, just, you clock in, you're pretty much outside if you're not inside a plane. Yeah, if you're not waiting for a plane, you're if you're not waiting for planes to land, you're out there. Yeah, you know. Um, so yeah, you you got you got your butt handed to you. I, like I, I've heard it's it, cold up there. Is it, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it there a thing? Is there a thing now? Like, so I I one time I was coming back from my honeymoon actually, right? Yep. So we're take we took it was American Airlines, right? So we're taking American Airlines back. And this was one of those rides where like everything was working out. We got to the airport early. We checked in security. No problems. We're waiting. My wife lied and told the stewardess that she was sick. We got moved up to the very front first seats on the plane. We were allowed Mm -hmm. to board first. Right. And then we're flying. Everything seemed fine. We get back to Philadelphia. Right. And then all of a sudden we're stuck on the tarmac for three hours because Mm -hmm. there was inclement weather. And I guess American airline, they have it where if you're a worker, a ramp agent for American airlines, you don't have to go on the tarmac during inclement weather or lightning, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's, it's not mandatory. It's only volunteer based at that point. And I guess no one volunteers to go out there when it's bad weather. so yeah, it depends on how bad there. the weather is, man. If you've yeah. got a bunch of lightning going around, you don't want to be anywhere near that tarmac. Yeah, like, it wasn't. You, you want nothing bad, to do they with were that. Being, like, they were being, they were being. Yeah, you're a sitting duck out there, man. Yeah. It's so like, good. yeah. So I guess I don't know. So I could see why, like the yeah, that could be. No. I mean, then so you're doing you're doing all that, right? Okay. So I want to go through like a day though. So you you wake up, you drive to the airport, right? Yep. Do you have like special parking for people that work there or how's that work? No, we would just park in the regular parking lot. Normally they tell you to park at the, you know, we had a parking garage, so you would have to park on the, you know, they, they recommended that you park on the fifth floor, you know, just cause you know, that's just, it's like smart. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'd go through the, um, you know, we go at the, into through baggage claim, there's a door and you'd have your badge and you swipe it and you know you'd go right through no no questions you know they already did your background check they didn't give a shit did you have to go through security no oh no no they already did the security check on you so you once you pass your background check they're like dude you're straight you can you know you can pretty much go wherever you know you you have to sneak drugs on a plane this would be the job to do it (laughs) (laughs) if you can pass yeah if you can pass the the drug the uh the background check absolutely yeah, you could so it. just kidding. I would never not condone it. doing that, and Todd no. never did that either. No, so, I did not. Yeah, so, okay, so you swipe in, right? Yep. You walk, and then do you, like, check, like, what gate you're at, or how's it go? So, I mean, you basically figure out where you're going to be, if you're going to be in baggage or if you're going to be on the ramp. I mean, oh. um, so, yeah. wait, so baggage are, like, the day. people... 
So like, wait, so the baggage would be like the people, like when you check in, they put the baggage on the, on the, on the, the, you know, the car, the belt, the, yep. the belt and it takes it, you know, behind the door and it disappears into the world. So you mm-hmm. could either be behind the wall where mm-hmm. like the belt takes the luggage and separating it there, or you could be on the ramp doing all the bullshit on the ramp. Yep. yep. Okay. You could do that. So, and you know, at one point I think I worked, so it would, I mean, I did all three shifts. I mean, I think I did all three shifts on one day, multiple times, you know, I was, I'd go from 4am till, you know, midnight. And it was just, yeah, it was crazy. Cause they didn't, it wasn't a high paying job. Like where I started, it wasn't high paying. Like it was just, yeah. you know, it was just above minimum wage. So, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm out of, I'm out of high school. All my friends yeah. are either in, co- you know, they're in college or they're out of state, you know, it didn't yeah. matter. So I was like, screw it i'll just work you know i'll just work it but it took a toll you were you were tired like yeah 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 i i assume the guy out there waving the lights is like a a a paid professional with a license he knows how to do everything like no you would think so but no no that was that was me i would do that it's like go this way 19 year old kid that's been on a 12-hour shift that learned this in pittsburgh it's just like all right yep this way all right jerry Watch but you also have in the that background thing. that you're dealing with a, you know, a billion dollar plane. So you're like, all right, <laughs> yeah. you can't fuck this up. Like yeah. you, you, you do this, you're pretty much going to get fired. So, but it was cool. You know, we had all the hand signals and everything and yeah. uh, it, it was pretty cool. Nice. That does sound cool. cool. Did, so, okay. So when you're in the luggage part, like, so if you're coming to the, to the airport and it's 102 degrees out, you're like, fuck, I want to be in luggage today. Yep. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, I don't give a shit how many freaking luggages I got to haul. I'm not going there. So you're in luggage. Right. And like, you're watching things just go through on the belt. So what do you do? You pick it up. There's like, they, I see like, they always put like the tag sticker on it. Right. You Mm -hmm. look at the sticker and you're just like, all right, this goes here. This goes here. This goes here. And then you just keep, dude, your like back and arms must've been like killing you after that. Oh yeah. It was, right. it was brutal. Like, I mean, like some of these, cause you know, they got a, like a 50 pound weight limit. So you kind of, it's actually funny. Like it's still to tell how much a 50 pound, you know, luggage, you know, weighs, you know, just with, by my hand, I'll, yeah. I'll do it all the time. Even, you know, with my wife, I'll just like, no, that's too fucking heavy. Forget it. No, <laughs> you know, take some shit out, put it in, put it in the carry on or something like that. But, um, Oh wow! Yeah, it was definitely it was definitely backbreaking work. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Oof. That's brutal. No, and but, you saw like a big piece of luggage. You're like, oh fuck this. Oh thing. yeah. Or you know the one that said fragile. You were like, fuck that. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. No, but you know what a lot of people don't realize uh, is we actually, and this was one of the other ones, one of the other like bad parts of the job. I won't say bad part, but it was like it was eye opening to me is a lot of our flights came in from Charlotte and Charlotte was a hub for military. Oh, okay. And what would happen is we actually had to take out coffins of, from the war. We had to deal with that. So that was eye opening. That's brutal. Nobody backed, like they were, and they would tell you too, they would give you a heads up. Like there is a coffin on this plane. Like you need, like, we need all hands on deck. You guys, you don't do anything else. And you, you basically give them a millet. Like you, you're basically setting up for a funeral. Like you are, you carry the coffin, you bring it off the, uh, off the belly of the plane. And then you also will put the 
flag on the on the coffin. Oh, wow. so like, yeah, we had a couple of guys that were from that that not from, but were in uh, Vietnam, and they they said flat out they were like, listen, you don't fuck around, you don't smile, you don't. This is one hundred percent focus. Like, they we, you know, the first couple ones were like, it, I was I would be like, okay, just tell me what to do. But then you got you you know, unfortunately, you got used to it. And, you know, I'd be in there in the belly, putting the flag on it, you know, yeah. to give, put as much respect as I could on it. Yeah. But yeah. It was weird. Yeah. Like the hearse was there. The military was there. Like nobody got off the plane. Um, luggage. Nope. Nothing. It was straight. Everyone's focus was on that coffin and on that person that was in there. And they gave them, we gave them as much respect as we possibly could. Man, was, that's glad. That's good to hear. You know, yeah. like. It's a shame that those things happen, but I do like yeah. that. Like the vets, like the older guys yeah. at your job. Are oh like, yeah. No, this is, we don't fuck. Like we might fuck around with the luggage and whatever, but this yep. is, we take this seriously. Yep. Yeah. And I like, yeah. And like guys were yeah. saluting and stuff like that. You knew who was in the military and who wasn't Yeah, like guys were saluting them. And I, I wasn't in the military, so I didn't salute. I didn't want to yeah. disrespect anybody. Yeah. I, I just either. stood at attention and just, you know, did what I had to do. Damn. We'll beat the shit out of your golf clubs, but we honor this veteran. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna snap your nine iron, <laughs> and um, but this coffin is going as smooth as possible. Yeah, I don't care what fragile is, but this. <laughs> I don't know what fragile is, but I fragile. Yeah. yeah, no, that's awesome, man. I'm glad to hear that. That's great, yep. and that's how it should be. Would like would the families of the deceased be at the airport or was it like you take it to the hearse and they're taking it to the family or how would it be? Um, it was hit and miss. Some were, I think there was like one family member there. Um, okay. I see. But that, I, I oh, think that some, identify the body kind of thing. Yeah. Or it's some, you know, or they were on the plane or, or something like that. You know, they, it was, yeah, it wasn't all the time, but I think one or two people came down to the tarmac and was like with them. It was, yeah, it was man. crazy, man. Yeesh. That's tough, man. Yeah. That's tough. Yikes. Yep. Yikes. Yep. Well, I mean, glad to hear that, that people like, it sucks that that happened, but yep. that's nice that like people are like, no, like there's, this isn't a joke. Like take this seriously. Like mm-hmm. someone made a sacrifice for you. So yeah, oh, yeah, no, it's great to hear that. And it's great to hear yep. that you're like the old guys at the place and everyone was like, no, this is a big thing. That's awesome. Oh yeah. Wait. What do you mean now a word from our sponsor? Are you someone who struggles picking a podcast to listen to because your time is extremely valuable? Yeah, how'd you know? Are you someone who says, damn, there's not enough hours in the day to pick just one? Mm-hmm. Wait, what the fuck? Or are you someone who's interested in a podcast where they interview a wide range of people and find out how the hell they ended up in their profession? <laughs> it's like you read my mind. If I say yes to, can you help oh, me out? Oh, shit. Shit. On unrelated note, while we call the police, if you fuck. said yes to all those questions, then look no further and allow me to introduce you to the Working Perspectives Podcast, hosted by executive producer Matt Lavelle and accompanied by co-host Party Boy Pete McCormick. As mentioned, they interview a wide range of people and find out how in the purple and purple fuck they ended up in their no, professions, I which I think, in my opinion, light. as someone who previously dropped off from one man. place to another I until I found something I'm good at, this is something worth investing your time in. You will learn about jobs that you never knew existed. Feel the grind that some of these people felt before getting to where they are today. And just like me, it'll maybe help you find that motivation you're looking for to pursue in what it is you want to do. And also, they have great segments in the middle of the show, such as The Weekend Pop-In. Give it a shot. And my two favorites, Memory Lane and What's Going Down in Gamertown, which is a segment I'm part of, so you should definitely look into it. So, that being said, after this video, go out and listen to the Working Perspectives Podcast. You can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, 
Google what are you going to do, man? TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. All business, links are in the, the link tree, which is in the description. Bro, and now, back right to now. the episode. Once the movie's in theaters, it's going to go onto the streaming services. So, okay. So, nice. So, all right. So, good deal. So, you're working. So, you're done at the airport. You're there for a little while. You know, like, you're doing your thing. So, mm-hmm. after the airport, then you like you would start that's when you went to school for like the HVAC is that right so I went so I got done with the with the working at the airport because I, I asked for a raise that I've been busting my ass I asked yeah. for a raise the guy was like no we can't do it I was like all right well I got this other offer uh this other job that I've been looking for and I was like I'm gonna take it because it's more money yeah. so you asked for you so you were at the airport you said like hey buddy I'm busting my fucking stunads here let me get a little bump ski and you yep. said no bump ski for you. And you're like, all right, well, I got this other gig. I'm going to roll over there and you're going to fucking eat my stuff. Yeah. And it was, it was, yeah, I was working for an HVAC company or HVAC. And uh, I was, a, I just worked in the office. I was a biller, you know, I deal with the, you know, I started there and it was, yeah, it wasn't fun. It, you know, people's, uh, you know, service plans, you know, I would, yeah. you know do the invoices. Is that I, back to when you guys were still using a lot of paper, like it wasn't oh, all yeah. computer. Yep. Oh, it was, I mean, you had computers, but you were still sending them out via mail. And it was just like, oh my God. Yeah. Um, you know, people thought that a, you know, a part was covered on a boiler that wasn't covered. Uh, so were screaming at you because it's expensive, you know, yeah. The, the, yeah. they're not cheap, you know, no boilers, boilers, furnaces, oil tanks in general are not cheap. They are very expensive pieces of equipment. Mm-hmm. And especially you know, were you dealing with any in like New York city and stuff too? Like you were dealing with like big city places at all or no? No, not yet. Um, I was, this was mostly like local, it was residential. I don't think we did a lot of commercial work, but it was mostly still, residential people. That's still, it's still like, it's a lot. People don't realize how expensive, like these machines, right? Like to get the parts, to get these things inspected, like these machines, literally like you have like a bomb in your home and in like, you know, every apartment Mm -hmm. building and all that stuff. Like Mm -hmm. it's a pressurized bomb that Mm -hmm. if you don't get the right parts or don't get inspected or anything like that, it's kablawi. So no, like this thing, yeah, a lot of money to be had in these, but it's not cheap. And people, I could be, I could understand people being like, what the is going you know like because yep. also if you've had a boiler for 30 years doubt that they're manufacturing the parts for that anymore you they know are not I mean? manufacturing <laughs> the parts for that no. <laughs> so how did you like going from you know you're working on the tarmac and all that stuff in the heat to you're in the office baby and i'll tell you what i'm a big old fan of working you know like getting a little pto hanging out in the air conditioning i'm not gonna lie old uncle maddie's a fan not gonna lie Hold on. Not uh, gonna lie either. It was great. Okay. So, like we said, you went from office life, right? And you're 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 you went from the tarmac to office life. So you're indoors, you have PTO, you have some nice air conditioning, everything's going good. So, what was your like? So you're like doing invoices and billing here. So you're like, what was your kind of responsibilities like? So you would call people, let them know their bills due, or you would run the work receipts or what was going down yeah so i would i would do multiple things so first i would you know every time the guy went out to do a job you know i'd get there you know whatever piece of equipment they used or whatever or they had to replace i would start putting in an invoice and then i would mail out that invoice to the customer nice depending on what it was either they paid it or they didn't pay it <laughs> and you know we you know it was like a month process you know we'd go probably 
you know, like 31 days out, if they, if we saw in the, in the system that they hadn't paid, you know, now you start making the phone calls and now you start, you know, going through and, you know, then if you can get them on the phone, now you got to talk to them, you know, either help them set up a payment plan because like I said, it is expensive. You know, not many people can just, you know, drop a, you know, thousand dollars on a part or something like that. So you got to come up with a payment plan. Sure. Um, so, you, so yeah, stuff like that, it would, would just be you know, part of my, part of my daily routine. Nice. Okay. So then you were there and then you started to go to ICPA, which was like a, like a tech school kind of thing, like an HVAC school, right? Yeah. So I definitely, so I was doing that with the billing and then I went into like dispatching as well. So they kind of like put double duty on me. So like I would be dispatching at night, but I would also be invoicing when I wasn't dispatching. So I would help, you know, tell the guys where to go and um, write down what they were doing. Usually if I had a great, you know, if I had enough time, I would be able to invoice right then. So it would be, you know, almost instantaneous that we would be able to get the the money out. So so all the guys, the the company loved me. Nice. Um, But I knew it wasn't for me because I just, you know, office work and, you know, being young, you know, there's a lot of politics that you don't know or that you don't want to get into, um, you know, or you get sucked into it. You know, there's uh, too much, you know, fall into, you know, Debbie Downer and then you just come into work and you're just down all the time. Yeah. And, you know, You've come from working in a field to an airport and now you're stuck in an office. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. I come from guys, you know, swearing up a storm and now I gotta yeah. be, you know, correct. And, yeah. you know, if I drop a, you know, drop a swear or something like that, I get, you know, yelled at or something yeah. like that and be like, you can't do that. It's like, yeah. Okay. You could lose yeah, your job this, for this saying, isn't damn it. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. I'm with you. You need like, when you come like, cause I remember I was like bartending and serving my whole life and like, mm-hmm. you know, doing like other like blue collar kind of jobs. And I started in an office. Like, I remember I think I called someone babe one time and they were like this that is a no-go all right that is a no-go you do not speak to people i was like whoa babe cool it right oh but that was yeah that was a big big oh no you Mm -hmm. know and i was like come on right yeah but hey it is what it is that's office life you got to follow the rules it's all part of it because people i'll tell you what people know how to work the system in the office yeah i'll tell you that right now brother Mm -hmm. dare you to but nice. So, okay. So you're working in the office and you kind of like sick of like, you know, because when you're young in an office, it's different. You know what I mean? Like you have too much energy. So like yep. you get sucked into this stuff just because you're bored and you're like, Oh, here I can spend my energy doing this stuff. Where it's yep. like when you're older, the older guys like, don't give a fuck. Don't have <laughs> any energy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, like now I'm like, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't like yep. negativity. I negativity. Like I'm getting paid to do a job here. Like let's be positive yep. about that. You know? Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like don't try to be Johnny complains a lot. Like no one, I'll tell you this, no one get, if you complain the most and don't do like complain the most, do the least doesn't get your promotion. Right. Like nope. <laughs> fucking just do the work and keep your mouth shut. And I'll tell you what, the higher ups like that. You yes, know. they do. Yeah. So yes. you're, yeah, they certainly do. So uh, you're doing, yeah, you're doing HVAC and you start to go to school, right? Yep. And when you're at the ICPA, so when you're doing the school, you start apprenticing with an HVAC guy, right? Yeah. So I would do, so it was, I would go to school in the morning at like seven in the morning and I would go, you know, regular school time, seven to three. So I yeah. would do that. And then I would still go to my job and do the dispatching and everything like that. So I would do that. 
Um, and once I passed all the classes, so while you're at school, you know, they're training, they're teaching you how, you know, what boilers are what, you know, furnaces, you know, air conditioning units, they're teaching you the ins and outs of it, you know, how to tune this, what, you know, how to troubleshoot and, you know, what tools you're going to be using for certain, for certain uh, jobs and whatnot. Um, so it was, it was, it was a really cool um, school to go to, you know, I got to work with my hands again. So it, it was nice. Um, and once you complete all the courses, you know, you have to take a test afterwards, you know, so, and then it gets signed off and the, the, uh, the company would be like, oh, okay, cool. And, um, once I completed all the courses, then I would have, you know, I went in, into the field and I started working, uh, in the installation. Yeah. The installation department is where I started. Nice. So I, yeah, I'd be stalling, uh, boilers, furnaces, oil tanks. Uh, you know, I, I did a lot of the driving because I didn't have a, you know, all of our guy, all the guys had a company vehicle had a company van with all their nice. tools in it. So they didn't want to leave their van at the <laughs> office. I was like, well, my van's got nothing in it. So I'll fucking drive, you know, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I would drive all, you know, I drive a, I drove a box truck with a, a standard box truck. So I had to learn, I had to learn how to drive standard again. Um, so that was, that was like manual, manual. Yeah. Standard manual, yeah, yeah. whatever. Yep. Is that stick? Uh, you, yeah. Stick. Yeah. Yeah. You New Englanders call it standard. Standard. New, New Englanders. New England. Standard stick. Whatever. Standard. You yeah. chowder heads. You, you chowder heads. Chowder heads you, pat, you patch fans. You, uh, how do you like the, them apples? You have it yards. Yeah. I'll say, I said, I think I said it once. I'll say it again. Forget the Patriots. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm not a Patriot. You're a, you're a wicked pisser. There's still, the, uh, there's still the Celtics in the boss. Uh, the no, no, screw there. the Celtics. I'm not a Celtics fan. What's your basketball team? I kind of watch uh, a little bit of the rooms. What'd you say? What's your basketball team? Who's your? <laughs> I am actually, a, uh, I mean, I haven't watched basketball in forever, but at one point I was a Phoenix Suns fan. Hey, all right. Yeah. Barkley. I'm out West. Thunder Dan, KJ. Yeah, Big man. Fan. That was dude. a great squad. In the great squad, dude. Thunder Dan. Come on. Thunder, Thunder Dan. Barley. Dan Fucking Barley. Thunder oh, Dan. I used Don't to work. Going, man. I used Don't. to work at this restaurant called the Pub of Penn Valley in Narberth, which is like right outside of Philly. And yep. Chuck, Chuck used to come in there. Charles Barkley used to come in yep. there all the time, right? Super dude. I'll tell you this. Super awesome guy. Great tipper, right? Like yep. there's a lot of famous people that are shitty tippers. He is oh, a yeah. really good tipper, right? And like his super cool dude. His his daughter. He would bring his daughter in. Woo. Little yep. tall. Little tall. But whoo, right? But either way, he was there one time and like we would talk to him, right? And I'm like, dude, you still talk to Thunder Dan? Like, how's he doing? How's KJ? And he was like, Oh, Thunder Dan doing great, man. He's the mayor of Sacramento. And I'm like, really? <laughs> you know? But he was all dude, he was awesome. I'll tell you this one time. So I was there, like his his wife, her name was Mo. Everyone called her, I called her Miss Mo, but her name, her I think her name's Maureen, but everyone called her Mo, right? Yeah. And she was, she is awesome. Like super nice lady, very like, very pretty lady, like super, super cool, right? And like, we were making a joke one time and, you know, talking about like, you know, like our significant others or whatever. And someone had said something like, you know, like he, they were like, well, you know, Chuck, you hit the lottery with Mo over there. And he's like, she hit the lottery with me. She's a fucking scratch off. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I'm a lottery ticket. I'm a winning lottery ticket. She's a fucking scratch off. And I was like, damn, Chuck. I was like, she's yeah. all right, you know. 
she was uh, no but he was just joking she's fucked they were both really cool really really cool i tell you what he was one of those guys too where like chuck is very famous especially in philadelphia he's uber uber famous right sure. he's wouldn't you agree j-dub like chuck's oh, i the man. would love to meet charles barkley chuck's the man dude yeah. and he's like dude he's a he, dude he's hosted snl like he's a fuck he's a personality right like he's chuck's a big, a leg- yeah i love charles barkley yeah he's a big personality right like everyone loves him right but when he's at, like when he when he was eating there the only rule was like no one can bother him when he's eating like when he's eating let him do his thing let him eat he loved like we had like these famous wings there he would get two he would get an order for his appetizer and an order for his entree he loved the wings mm-hmm. right yeah and then he's drinking gray goose on the rocks doubles just all night right Oof. just found, and he's like a big guy you know and like yeah. he bets on everything right so he loves talking gambling so but he's like he's there and he's like doing his thing and then like kids are coming up he talked to he took pictures with every kid with every family like he's just sitting at the bar they would come up he's talking to all of them like all the patrons would come in and say hi to him he knew like a bunch of people by first name basis because he's there all the time right like legit just he's not like one of those people who's like a celebrity yeah. asshole he was the coolest dude the there's coolest a dude. There's Maria's in Roxborough that I used to go eat there just because he eats there. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like apparently anytime he's in town, he goes eats in Maria's too, right on Ridge Ave. Wait, Maria's across from TNF? Yeah, he goes oh. and eats there every time he's in town. I didn't know that. Yeah, he loves that place. Damn, and I've never seen him now. in there. Yeah, he loves that place. Dude, I never seen. Uh, I mean, former guest of the show, friend of the show, Vinny Ravioli, aka Vinny Traveline. Right. Uh, you know, uh, homemade bets is or homemade picks is coming up soon. So be ready for the homemade picks videos coming out. But uh, Vinny Traveline, a.k.a. Vinny Ravioli, works at TNF Farmers Market, which is right across the street from Maria's. And Jim and Vinny actually got his name because his brother's Joey Provolone. So you had <laughs> Joey Provolone and Vinny Ravioli. And he got that name from a cook at Maria's fucking life right there you go how about it man how about it so let's keep it moving uh after you left the hvac todd you would end up getting a job for we'll just say it's a major cable company based in the philadelphia area (laughs) that's all we're saying you can decide what company you think it is but it's a major cable company in the philadelphia area it is a major cable company so, more, I think you could call it more of a communication company. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They got the whole package. Oh, the yeah. The whole package. They <laughs> cast a wide web, if you know what I mean. <laughs> they really are very good at communicating. They are, they are awesome. Yeah. We'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. They totally are. Um, so, let's keep So, you work there, right? So, yep. you were a communication field technician. You worked yep. there for 12 and a half years, yep. right? So yep. you spent a lot of like your professional life here, right? Yes, like, I did. You had a quite a career there, right? So you worked there for 12 and a half years. Let's talk. How did oh. you get started? What was the training like? And then let's go through a day in the life at a major cable company. So, so I actually got started because I had the eight going back to the HVAC company. They were unionized. And oh. every summer they would lay off, you know, a bunch of guys because, yeah. you know, in the summertime you don't need to work. And I yeah. didn't have a, I didn't have a license. I didn't have air conditioning license or anything like that. So I couldn't do anything. 
So being at the bottom of the totem pole, I would get laid off. Um, at this time, I started dating um, my now wife. And so she was like, no, you're not sitting around. You're not doing this. You're going to yeah. go, you know, you're going to go find, you know, and I had been working at the, you know, I had been working at the bar too, at a bar in Enfield, you know, that's where, you know, her and I met and everything like that. So I was pulling, you know, I was doing HVAC and I was working at the bar. You were bouncing, right? And you were bouncing yeah, I was doing bar back in. Yeah. yeah, I was bouncing and bar back in. Look at you, you stud. She walked <laughs> in. She's like, oh my God, is that the, is that the linebacker quarterback from high school? The dream boat? Absolutely. Todd, the dream boat. She fell. She fell for it. She fell. They all um, do. Pal. They all do. <laughs> so now, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. She uh, she's really happy. She made that decision. You know, absolutely. Eleven years later. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. So so um, working at the bar, we got I got to know this guy and his name. We called them. We called them Ronnie from the Bronx. And now Ronnie when I from tell the you, Bronx, Ronnie from the Bronx. Okay. And this guy <laughs> put it to a T. Yeah. Okay. This guy had the shit bald head, just shined it like, 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 uh, like Mr. Clean. All right. Polished it up. Oh, polished it up. He had the, he had the, the gold chains, the pinky rings, oh, yeah. everything. He would come in. He, would, he had five fingers, but he only used three. Exactly. And yeah, he would yeah. just talk <laughs> like that. And he, it was, it was fantastic, and I loved it. He was awesome. He was a funny yeah. dude. Totally not. Yeah, we would just talk shit. You know, he was a Yankee fan, and I was, I'm a Red Sox Ooh. fan, and my wife is a Yankee fan. So, you know, we would just all start talking. Sure. Yeah, in New England, that's a big thing, guy. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's a wicked big thing, guy. It's a wicked <laughs> big thing here. Yeah. So, hey, that's um, fine. Hey, you're good. So, and so I was like, you know, I need something steady. I need some, I need to, you know, I need something more, more steady. I need to be working. I can't be having this time off, you know, whatever the case is. He's like, you know what? Come work for, come work for us. Put my name down on the resume or on the application and, you know, you're going to get it. I was like, all right, cool. So I do that. So we do the training and do the training right here in Connecticut. And what they do is it's like a six week program and they actually will show you, they, they help you out. You need, it's a lot of book work because um, a lot of it's in the field training, but um, you do, you know, you go through this big, thick book. I mean, it's gotta be like three, 400 pages worth of stuff. I mean, it's ridiculous. Just rules, yeah, yeah. what you got to do, but they also teach you how to climb a telephone pole. And now we, so we have a, we have a telephone, we have a pole farm basically out in, in, uh, in, uh, in Berlin, where I got trained. And this, they teach you how to climb a telephone pole. And it is fucking intense. <laughs> time out, time yeah. out, yeah. time out. Got some yeah. questions. So okay. this major cable company, yep. they're, they're training for what mm -hmm. you would be doing. They're mm -hmm. like, look, you got to read this. A lot of insurance bullshit in here that we have to tell you all mm -hmm. this stuff. Part two is they go to an area where they took like all these, these retired telephone poles, they took them and they're like, look, we're putting you guys back out in the field, but we're not wiring you up. We're just using you for climbing, right? Snap, like shoved them in the ground. And they said, hey, Todd, strap on your boots and fucking shimmy up the pole there, right? And that was the training? So, it, I mean, it wasn't, we didn't strap, we didn't actually climb up the telephone pole. We would climb up on a ladder. We'd have hooks. We'd strap onto the line and, um, you know, so we'd belt kind of going over the like line. the safety regs of like, yeah. okay. I see. Yep. Yep. 
And so you had a safety belt on, you had your hard hat on, you had your safety vest on, um, you know, you had your safety glasses, sunglasses, whatever you had on there. And, you know, then they would literally, there'd be one, two, three, it'd be like six guys on a strand and we would just, you know, we'd climb up, we'd do it. And then we'd pretend, or we'd, you know, simulate a running, what we call the drop from the line, from the telephone pole to your house, that's feeding cable to your, to your house. So we would kind of simulate that and, you know, some guys could do it. Some guys could, you know, it's the first time most of these guys, you know, a, a lot of us, you know, are climbing, you know, 25, 30 feet in the air. You don't think yeah. it's high until you're f- freaking up there, babe. You're up it's there. High. You're, you're up there. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Um, we, uh, one of the teachers was like, no, just lean back. Like, I mean, you're belted in. So, like, they're not, it's not like you're free, you know, you're free falling or anything like that. Like, you're strapped in and... um but you some know, guys were like hugging the pole, like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, there were guys. Did you ever? Uh, there, were guys, yeah. there were, there were, you know, so many guys that thought they could do this job. And did you ever try and climb a telephone pole as a kid or anything? I did. Um, I things. never did. No, I, at that point, no, I never. Climbed. I remember I never, there was like, I climbed someone, trees. That was what I did. Someone, yeah. someone had like, you know, like a, it's like a, like a Winnebago, right? They had like one of those things by a telephone pole, but the Winnebago had a ladder on the back of it. So mm-hmm. I climbed onto it because like the 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 like the metal hook gimmicks don't start until like ten feet up on the. It's about eight pole. feet. Yeah. 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 So I climbed up on the back of the Winnebago, walked on top of it, went over to the pole, and started climbing up that. And I got like a few up, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. like I'm coming down. Yeah. It's too high. Yeah, I used my butt. I sorry, just real quick. I used my bike one time to get onto the telephone pole, climbed up, got as high as I could till I got scared, climbed back down, and then I slid down the trunk of the oh, telephone pole. Unbeknownst to me, ooh. was that tr- um, telephone poles are covered in splinters. Oh, so from yeah. palm to fingertip on both hands, I was oh. covered in splinters, forearms, oh. a little bit in my body. And I had to sit in my bathroom and my neighbor had one hand, my mom had the other, and they sat there for two hours pulling splinters out of both my hands. And the, and I, the neighbor was like, hey, you might want to get this kid special help because he's a freaking moron. <laughs> They're like, hey, are you going to climb telephone poles anymore? I was like, nah, I think that's the last time I ever try and climb a telephone pole. Until yeah. tomorrow. Until tomorrow. <laughs> Until they make those things not covered in splinters, apparently. Jesus. Who knew you couldn't slide down a telephone pole like uh, a fireman's pole? Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. I mean, it is deceiving. I know that one, <laughs> the dumbest thing I think I ever did with a telephone pole is I have a, like a hatchet, you know, like a throwing hatchet. Yeah. And we didn't yeah. have any trees and we tried the telephone pole. Not a good idea. That's no, not a good idea. Sir. I think they're like iron on the inside or something because that thing was like, ding! You know, no way. And the fact, uh, also, like thirty percent of the telephone pole is in the ground. So when yep. you see a hundred foot telephone pole sticking out of the ground, it's really like hundred and fifty feet yep. long. Wow. Yep. There's a lot of telephone pole in the, a lot more telephone pole in the ground than you think. Well, I guess it had like, it, 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 you know, with like, if it's, it would, they would snap all the time if it wasn't. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. No. You know, and like you'd have to get special insurance for that because usually <laughs> most homeowner insurance doesn't come with wind coverage. Just an FYI. <laughs> so okay, so you're training, you're you're shimmying up these poles, you're doing your thing. They go through the employee handbook. You do all that, right? Mm-hmm. You graduate. You're a certified. What was what do we call it? A certified communication field technician, right? Yep. You're doing your thing now. Yep. 
you're going to work. What it what what is a day in the life of a communication field technician like for a major cable company? <laughs> uh, so it is. So you literally you wake up. So we had when when I first started, we had this thing. We had a device called a symbol device. It was basically an old school BlackBerry, uh, BlackBerry device, and it was connected to you know what is you know whatever network we had AT and T, Verizon, Sprint, whatever it was, and we would have our jobs there. Um, and we oh, would so be like your see. itinerary was yeah. on the gimmick. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, our itinerary is right there. So we would know what jobs we had and we would go through and, you know, you know, we had time frames. you know, when I first started, it was, you know, the classic cable company. Oh, we'd be there between eight and 12 and 12 and four. Yeah. You know, those were the time frames. you know? Yeah. Um, you know, a lot changed after, <laughs> after that, but you know, we, we'd have a bunch of jobs in the, in the, on our work, on our schedule. And we would just go to the job, you know, we would go to the job, we drive our company vehicle and we would have equipment, you know, in the van and we would be able, we had tools and, uh, you know, we had our little meter device that would tell us if we needed to, uh, you know, what the signal was going into it, you know, um, if there was any noise or interference on it. So like if you, right now, if we were talking on the internet and everything was just scrambled up or it was cutting that in and out, you could technically have some interference on your on the cable line that you don't know nothing about because it's not really you know it's it's kind of annoying but it's not that big of a deal but you know yeah we would we would go and we would figure all that stuff out um you know depending on the house or we would be doing an, an installation like we would um you know customer just moved into a house and they're looking you know they don't want to sit in uh, in silence anymore so they're <laughs> getting cable the internet phone you know what the whole nine yards so and you're doing this in the philly area or up in connecticut no i'm doing it up in connecticut okay all right yep, yep. yeah and so yeah. all those like original setups and then the pay the patients the customers like setting up their lines so you'll climb with the telephone pole run it to their house and then set them up with cable yeah yeah, if we have, yeah, if that was, that was the, uh, you know, that's what we had to do. So, uh, it, you know, we, you could be at a job for, you know, it could be a quick job. It could be, you know, maybe half hour or you could be at a house all day. You know, it depends on what we call never house where they never had cable out in this area. There were still customers that were, you know, they did that digital transition after, oh God, when was it? That was, that was, a, that was quite a few years ago, but they had a digital transition where you couldn't use your, just your cable line anymore. You had to get a, a, a box and just lines weren't designed for it. You know, they had old wire called um, 59 line. And yeah. that was like just this thin skinny wire. Like you could flex, you know, you could run it all day and, you know, it was bend, it was flexible. You could bend it around, you know, door frames and stuff. It was, you know, at the time it was great, but it did not work with digital cable. So <laughs> you know, you'd be at a whole house rewiring it for, you know, eight hours. Oh, oh yeah. man. Well, and yeah, like, imagine doing this in, just, the, uh, yeah. in the, either in the summertime where it's like a hundred degrees out or oh. in the wintertime where oh. it's minus 20 with the wind chill or, you know, it's just monsoon raining, you know, oh. it was, would you, know, you have it, to climb the pole at every house? Yeah, that was, that was, yeah, because you had to, because so what most people don't realize is you actually had to do math. So you actually have to do math. So there's a signal, there's a value at the, what we call the tap. And that would give out a certain percentage of signal. And, you know, depending on how long the run is, you would lose a certain amount of signal. So if it was, you know, a hundred feet, you know, depending on the type of wire, there's, there's all different types of wire. There's, um, you know, there's a RG6 and RG11 and RG11 is a lot thicker wire, but those are used for like over 300 feet runs, um, hundred foot runs. And so there's a certain amount of signal that you will lose depending on how far the, the run is or the drop is. 
And so now you had to make sure that everything was in a certain spec. So like if you were, so like if you had that tiling problem, you know, you could have too low of signals. So our threshold was like between plus eight signal and minus eight signal. So anything in between there, you usually would have a good signal or you, you would have a good picture quality or internet connection or your phone connection. Yeah. Anything above that, you could actually have issues or anything below that you could have. Issues. So if you were like plus 10, you could have issues or minus 10, minus 12. You're like, ah, oh, shit. You know, you, <laughs> yeah. you, you are always hurting. Yeah. So, okay. So we're, we're getting close to the end here, but I, I do want to ask, like, can you give yep. us, what was one of the worst struggle? Like, cause you would also have to shut people's cable off. Is that right? Oh yeah. Like in the beginning we, you know, it was still all analog signal. So, so um, when I first started there, we actually had to do what was called a, a hard disconnect. And that was physically, you know, climbing up the telephone pole and finding. So each customer has a tag number, you know, and if it's correct, okay, cool. Sometimes tag numbers get misplaced, you know, it happens, but if the tag number matched and they were, they, they didn't have uh, you know, they weren't paying, you would actually put a disconnect trap on there and it was a certain, you know, tool that you had that nobody else would get. I mean, you could steal it, but you know, you didn't, you know, they could, but um, you know, you had a certain tool and yeah, you would disconnect them and it could get, you know, depending on where you were, you could get into a lot of, a lot of issues or it could be a quiet day, you know, depending on where you were doing your disconnect. <laughs> yeah. What? So, okay. Did you ever have an issue with the disconnect? Yeah. I mean, depending on, you know, we, you know, I don't want to talk bad about Hartford, but Hartford, Hartford's the capital, you know, of, of Connecticut. And like there is, there it's are also some, uh, trivia, trivia, little trivia there. Home of WrestleMania 11, Hartford, yes. Connecticut. Yeah. The uh, main event was LT versus Bam Bam Bigelow. And when I say LT, I do mean Lawrence Taylor from the New York football giants. A linebacker yeah. from Newark, New Jersey. <laughs> he won too, didn't he? He did. He, uh, yeah. yeah, Bam Bam put him over. It was also, that was one of the, the, it's like one of the, it was one of like the dark year. I don't want to go on a WWE tangent, but WWE was like struggling. It was right before yeah. the boom of the attitude era was hit. Yep. It was diesel diesel versus Shawn Michaels was the other main event headline headliner. And like Jenny McCarthy and Pam Anderson walked like, yep. I think it was Pam Anderson walked diesel out and Jenny McCarthy walked Shawn Michaels out. Right. Yep. The yeah. next year would be WrestleMania 12, which would be the Iron Man match with Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, the Boyhood oh, Dream. That was, so that was yeah. a great match. Sorry, they were they were on the cusp. Then WrestleMania 13 would be the following year in Chicago, and that's where you would have Austin change the game with yep. the bloody face with him versus yep. Bret Hart in the uh, yep. in the in the uh, submission. Ken Shamrock as the guest referee. Yep, you're actually right. And then <laughs> oh, WrestleMania yeah. 14 is uh, you know. I think 13 is kind of where the agitator era really like that's when mm -hmm. it started to go up for the WWE because of Austin and the whole thing. And like he dude, he was the face of the company after that. Then he was like the hottest thing in wrestling and then end up would be 14 is when he would win the title against Michaels. So, but either way, no. let's go back to this. So, uh, so, okay. So Hartford, I've heard this before. Um, there's a company that Todd and I that both know that's based in Hartford. And I've had people that work for the company tell me when they go to visit the office in Hartford, they would say like, there are some areas that are quite sketchy. And I have some family that live in Hartford, uh, some extended family that would say the same thing that there's parts of Hartford that are, that are pretty cruddy. Yeah. So, 
So, okay. So let's say you're, you're doing some cable dishing or snipping in, in mm-hmm. one of the, in one of the shitty parts of hot food. So mm-hmm. what, what, ha- what could happen? I mean, it, it depends, you know, you try to be real quiet in that area. You know, you don't, you know, you're there first thing in the morning, you know, at like, you know, six, seven o'clock, you know, you're trying to be as quiet as, as you can be, you know, you got the backup alarm on the van plot, you know, in any case you could have, you know, people threaten you with, you know, with just words, you know, you could have people throw stuff at you. You could be threatened with a knife. It happens. I yeah. you know. Sure. You could do that. Um, yeah. I had one instance, this was later on, but I had one instance where it wasn't a disconnect, but I was doing, I was running a cable line from the house or from the telephone pole to the house. And a guy was kicking my ladder, trying to knock me off oh, the, uh, the telephone pole. Yeah. I think they call it a ladder match. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was, and this, this was, was it Razor Remote? Was it WrestleMania 10? <laughs> I was I was thinking about it. I was really thinking about just dropping on him, but um, Oof. it Oof. was the I old mean, Jeff Hardy Swanton. I I was I was thinking about it, but I was throwing everything I had in my little bag uh, in my safety box. I was, I was <laughs> yeah. throwing stuff at him. He was not happy with me. <laughs> throwing cable cutters Dude. down at him. Oh, oh yeah, I was, like, I was hey, throwing hey, everything. Yeah. I had yeah. cable fittings. I had everything. I was just, I was just throwing them down at him. Yeah, uh, I would not be happy about that. Yeah. No, I was not happy. I had to actually <laughs> call the police. On the phone, like this is how, and this wasn't even in, this wasn't even in Harvard. This was in East Harvard, so it's another, it's a, you know, right next to it. Yeah, um, the town the place over. is terrible. And, um, yeah, and I was actually a street away from the police department. I was actually looking at the police. <laughs> you could department. see him. He's waving <laughs> as like, I'm on the phone with the yeah. police department, and then they're, they're and like, God, no one's here. You're like, hey, I here. see you fucking eating a donut. Get fucking yeah. come over here. Yeah, like, yeah, get over here, guy. And this was, and this was right during. Um, you know, COVID, like everything had shut down, you know, everyone was home and this and that. And, you know, we never stopped. We never stopped. Like we were still doesn't stop. No, man. We, I mean, we had more, we actually got busier because I say we, but um, they never stopped the cable back. Yeah. Well, no, they They want it more than ever in the pandemic. Right. Well, it was amazing to me how many people just didn't have internet, regular internet in their homes because they had their cell phones. Uh, yeah. So now kids are home from school. They're getting homeschooled. Yep. That's oh, shit. So, you know, we're going, you know, we're trying to help, you know, we're trying to stay safe and we're trying to, you know, do what we can and, you know, still provide service to these customers. And it was, you know, it was, it was kind of scary. Is that a, is that the day when you were like, Hey, maybe I should start looking somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. Right around there. I was like, okay, this, Probably, you know, <laughs> probably if I'm not going to be a, a supervisor anytime soon or, or, or a line tech, you know, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to start finding something different here. Nice. OK, yeah. so let's do that then. And we'll, we'll finish up here. So yeah. right now you're a IOT technical specialist, right? Mm-hmm. So can you give us a kind of surmise like what that job entails? So my job entails. So I work for a reinsurance company so they insure other insurance companies yeah and we have come up with a program for water temp and pipe sensors to help prevent large claims um you know insurance claims so we're trying to prevent water damage you know pipes freezing you know anything like that temperatures high humidity and fridge or uh, freezers and stuff like that 
Um, and what I will do is part of my job is training up our, our guys to go out and do the installations. So I have to train them on the apps that we have. I have to train them on the equipment that they have and, um, you know, basically help them troubleshoot as well. You know, sometimes, you know, a lot of these yeah. guys haven't done an installation like this before. So they have a ton of questions, you know, I'll set up installation uh, meetings with them, you know, I'll go over everything with them, you know, via, you know, teams or something like that. And, you know, I basically just get them and I get them the tools that they need. Um, you know, I'll also help train some of our clients. So in some cases they don't want a professional installation. So they'll, they would want me to come out and train that one of their guys to do the installations for them. Nice. So we do that. And that's, you know, kind of where I got to meet a good old uncle Maddie here. Yeah. So <laughs> what, what Todd is explaining is there's something new in the insurance game. It's called preventative yep. insurance, right? Yep. With the advent of technology and IOT, which stands for internet of things, everything's censored. Like your car has a sensor on it. Lights have a sensor. Everything is censored. So hypothetically you can monitor everything so really what this is it does two things right one it's peace of mind right so if you're a homeowner so they do some domestically we work or you know we're involved in it mostly in a commercial capacity right where it's like it's not in in home it is it's available in homes but it's not like we do more of like schools and churches and hospitals and commercial properties yeah commercial properties so what happened is they have, you know, if you're, say, if you're at a church, for instance, right? Not a lot of people are at a church during the week, right? What if a pipe bursts in the basement on a Tuesday and no one's there till a Friday? There's a major claim that can be made from that, that the insurance companies are held responsible for, right? But what they've done now is they've installed a sensor in that area. So say the pipe bursts and a sensor gets it right? You'll get an alert saying like, hey, there's water here, please check on it. They can go there, shut the water off, kind of clean it up a little bit before any major damage occurs. Before the day's corner. worth of damage. Yeah. Correct. Yep. So the claim is literally cut in like, you know, a quarter and mm-hmm. maybe not even made at that point, right? Like there might not even be a claim made. So companies have noticed that like the, this has been so successful, the advent of like the preventive insurance with the installation of sensors and things like that that a lot of companies now are making it mandatory for their clients to have these in their buildings because it's worth the money for them to pay, have it installed and monitored, right? They save that much money on claims to have these put in the buildings. That's what I mean. Also, it does this. Say if you have a sensor installed in your building and it stops connecting, and then the people that are in charge of the sensors, they call you and are like, hey, this isn't working. Can we work with you to get it back up and running or send out a replacement, right? Say they do three attempts to call you and you don't answer, right? If something yeah. goes off and water breaks there and you're like, well, well, the sensor didn't work. And we, you know, like, what the heck? And we're like, well, if we knew it wasn't working, we called you and told you it wasn't and you didn't get back to us and you submit a claim, they can wash their hands of it saying like, yep. no, we would have been able to prevent this if you would have held up your end and you didn't, right? So it just gives the insurance company, don't like, yeah, they're giving you peace of mind, but don't think they're not getting theirs also, right? But that being said, it's still a fantastic idea. And it's going to be, honestly, it's going to be in every home in America. And I, like, if you have property yeah. insurance or anything like that, just know homeowners insurance, it's going to be part of the gig. Any, like, any, any insurance company worth their, worth their salt is going to have these things just because, it's worth them to pay for it for them to save. I know I won't, I won't say the company, 
Um, but I know there was a company that had their record loss of payout in the history of the company had paid the most out in claims, right? The next year they started this, right? Three years later, after like they went to, went to contract to have a full installation, it was the lowest payout in the history of the company. And it was lower, like, like a 40% lower, right? Nice. Like a big number. So yeah, these things a, work, man. They work. So did they put a war on water? They put a war on water so the police could bother me, you know? So, but yeah, no, it, it, it's, uh, yeah, they, but these things, I'm telling you, if you don't like, it's peace of mind, man. It really yeah. is. Like if you're a homeowner and you're going away on vacation and like, God, you're worried, like, are the pipes going to freeze or say like a lot of people use these for birds, you know? Like if you have a second home, like a shore house or something like that, it's really good for those. Mm -hmm. It's all over the place with this stuff. Fascinating yep. stuff, you know, but that's what Todd's doing now. So, yep. and, he, and he's killing the game. I'll tell you that. I can see, I'll tell you, I've seen it firsthand. He fucking does a great job and he's a pleasure to work with. I'll tell you that. So those major cable companies don't know what they lost. Uh, <laughs> Damn right. But, Either way, uh, we're coming <laughs> to the top of time. So usually uh, me and Justin are on board with this top, but I'll tell you what, this was great. And we would love to have you back on if you'd be willing to come back on. Yeah, absolutely, man. Awesome, cool. man. Dude, yeah, this was, dude, this was a blast. I really enjoyed like going through your story. Like you had a great, great story of like, you know, you just coming up the ropes, doing your thing and living life along the way, man. It was really, really interesting stuff. And also, one of the things we love to provide on the show is your provided scope to the world around us with uh, with the, the lights, with the tobacco farm, with the cable <laughs> company. It's a lot of interesting things. gigs. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really, you know, really, really cool stuff, man. Really happy you came on. So we're coming to the top of time. Uh, before we get out of here, Todd, do you have anything you want to say to the listeners? I just want to say just be kind to everybody, man. These times are crazy. Just be kind to everybody, man. Yeah. Don't go knocking people off of ladders. Right? No. It's the, the last thing you want to do. Don't do that. Yeah. That's not, not being first. Kind at all. Yeah. So, uh, J-Dub, anything you want to say to the listeners before we get out of here? I'm going to disagree with Todd and say, don't be kind to each other. No. <laughs> Kick people off ladders. Don't let them disconnect your cable and you don't have to pay your bills. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's not the opinion of the Working Perspectives <laughs> podcast entirely, but no. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. So, yeah. What, what do you want to say to the people? Oh, uh, just you know, behave yourselves. Have a good day. Nice. All right, perfect. So this has been another episode of the Working Perspectives podcast. I'm Matt Lavelle, accompanied by special guest host Justin Richardson, and our guest today was the terrific Todd Wyden. You can find all our content and all our stuff on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can have us on Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast and join us on the Twitter and the TikTok at Working P Pod. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, then do us a favor and email us at workingperspectives at gmail.com. All right, this is the end of the show. Stick around for the ad read. Thanks. See ya. Do you have a message or a story inside of you that you've been waiting to tell? Have you always dreamed of writing a book but are intimidated by the complexities of the book publishing world? Perhaps you want to use a book to launch your public speaking or consulting career. If so, please reach out to Scott and Bell Publishing, located right here in beautiful Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Scott and Bell Publishing handle all genres and authors with all experience levels. 
Scott and Bell Publishing gives authors 100% creative freedom and a higher royalty split. They can be found at www.skotbell.com. That's www.s is in Sam, K is in Kite, O is in October, E is in Tom, B is in Boy, E is in Edward, L is in Larry, L is in Larry.com. That's Scott and Bell Publishing, where the authors go.